Scatcast presents episode three of the Just to Ride podcast. Life is fucking confusing, and none of us know what we're doing. So let's amble together. It's just a ride. Whoa, oh, it's just a ride. Welcome to the Just to Ride podcast number three. I'm Zach. I'm Shaden, and I am Jeff. And we're gonna go for a ride on several subjects today. Because whatever. Whatever. We got weird shit to talk about. So we're going to talk about emotional maturity. Where the fuck is that? We don't have any. No. I don't, we're not the experts on that. That's we're trying for sure. to decide if we have what, what our levels are. Yeah. Probably low. Very if low. we put all of ours together, we're like maybe a an angry grader. teenager. Yeah. Oh, sixth grade? <laughs> sixth grade, yeah. angry teenager. I perhaps overestimated Definitely this. not a stoic philosopher. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, and then we're going to talk about a little bit on nutrition and the long COVID that Shaden and I have been hanging out with. That's fun. Uh, we're also going to talk about parental lies. My mama told me some things that I learned way later in life that are not true. Uh, and Jeff has a few stories, and I'm sure Shaden has a story or two. We're also going to talk about women's tits and how they should be covered or not. And yeah. now that summer's coming around, should women be able to not wear tops? Why not? I say free the teat. Free the teat. I, I mean, I see a lot of women that shouldn't have shirts on and a lot of dudes that maybe should. should. So, right. you know, there's that. So we're going to do a bunch of body shaming today. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, we also have TSA stories. We talked about that on Scatcast this week. Uh, I have more than just that story, but I'm going to go over that story again, too. We each have a story. Which is exactly TSA. what prompted this was. Right. Yeah. We thought we tied into the Scatcast world. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about customer service and our empathy towards the retail people of this year generation. We all have different ideas on what retail is supposed to be. Customers are always right. Customer is a cunt. Wrong. Those kind of things. We'll talk about that. And then Shaden has a little thing we'll end with uh, about what we do with our garbage from space. Eh, things and, and I learned this week. Yes. So let's start it off with fucking, uh, let's talk about nutrition a little bit. I mean, I'm the gas station burrito guy, so I don't know how nutrition expert you guys would think I would be. You want to defend your stance on that? I don't. I will let you know that. <laughs> I, I eat better now. I eat better now. <laughs> I took off yesterday to go fishing and I hadn't eaten and I went and bought two. It, not what you would call gas station burritos, but I did go to the to the Mavericks and get See, some Mavericks breakfast burritos. Count. Yeah, that shit's good. Mavericks trying to be... <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, it, I, I'm going to go to gas station because it was 14 fucking dollars for two of those goddamn things. Right. Could have gone to Taco Bell. I could have, yeah, actually. Could have gone to Rancho. I could have actually and got it, you know, yeah, some beans and rice, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and had that tortilla folded any direction I wanted, and had the yeah. experience as well. Yeah, I don't know with some real hot sauce. Yeah, you're really only hurting yourself. But we, Shane and I, chips. both wanted to bring this up because, uh, you know, playing in band, I've noticed that after COVID, I've had drastically different lung capacity. And uh, there's been some other things that have just been kind of a fight to get back. Yeah, I've got some COVID. weird things that have lingered since yeah. I had COVID. And it's I know been a while. Were... We had COVID like two years ago now. Yeah, because we had it at the same time. Yeah, it was like beginning in November. It was like in the early days. Yeah. <clears throat> we all got through it together. Right. Stronger for it, but also long COVID, apparently. So, okay, yeah. let's talk about it. I'm, I'm going, I have, uh, so I lost my smell. Like a lot of people did, no, but I can mine, still smell your mine was gone. Yeah, no, it's I don't smell like anything anymore. <laughs> I still I have, smell. I like have my no body. odor whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if it worked like that. Like I don't stink anymore because I can't smell it. And they're like, "You're right." Yeah, that's how things work, bro. <laughs> like I can't. Yeah, if I can't see you, you can't see me. But no smell means like you can't taste really very so, well. So that was a weird thing because I. I never lost my sense of taste. Really? Not really. Like things were, demi it was like my nose was plugged, but nothing yeah. tastes different. And I couldn't, there was never a period where I couldn't taste something. Okay. 
but I, my smell was completely gone, like to the point where you could hold vinegar under my nose and I could feel it burning my nostrils, but I couldn't smell it. Shit. You know? And that was for seven months. I had, I had no smell. I kind of was like, well, I guess it's never coming back. And then it did, but it's different now. Like things that I used to like the smell of. Oh, no. I, there's some of them I can't stand anymore. Like, so gasoline, not that I was huffing gasoline, but, <laughs> but it even is. when I was a kid, I was like, I love that smell. I'm like, Dad, let me pump the gas because I just want to smell it. And right. Quit sm- sniffing the gas. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> this kid's high as fuck. On this the explains fumes. a lot about, you know, me as an adult. But, right. But <laughs> I can't understand why your sense of smell has been deadened. <laughs> no, no. Just exposed but, to that all the time long story short i can't stand it now like it's it's putrid to me like oh, no. i i kind of dread when my, my needle's getting towards e because i'm like oh man i'm gonna have to smell that awful metallic rot smell like it just smells it's the worst to me now yeah. and it you bothers know, on me. that token i know a couple people that have said to me like i can't smoke weed now after covid and, and they were like the weed people like yeah. it just makes me feel bad and i hate the smell yeah i can't blame that one on covid i had i had i had that well, one. i know you're one of those yeah, yeah you're like, one of those wait. but it wasn't because of covid <laughs> no right <laughs> fuck but yeah no and so uh cooking eggs too I, like and i eat a lot of eggs luckily i still like the way they well, taste they but of, the smell of them when they're cooking uh, is they like, smell similar to a wet dog when you cook them I agree with that, but I it guess, tastes yeah. freaking delicious. Yeah, they man. are delicious. I love dead chickens. I, I used to like the In any cooking eggs, but not anymore. <laughs> well, I don't like COVID. I'm, I wish I didn't have it. Yeah. And it did definitely. The lung thing for me is a weird one. Because I quit smoking. This will be my third year uh, this year. And, you know, as soon as I quit smoking, I had immediate lung. Like, I, I, we went and played a show in Seattle. And I was like, wee! I was having so much fun. And then, uh, I don't know, COVID took me backward way back to before when I like when I smoked it was about there or worse and it's weird because when I get hot because we get super hot on stage and we're jumping around and shit like I'll get in my head and I'm just like I'm too hot and you get cla- kind of claustrophobic when you can't <laughs> breathe that much and you're like fucking this is too hot and not enough breath and there's people looking and I'm gonna die I'm gonna fall <laughs> off the stage and die. die in front of yeah. other people <laughs> yeah and so there's just since COVID I've, I mean we've only played a handful of shows through since COVID but it's been on my mind where there's a new little mental game. I think all musicians and probably all people that go out and do things in front of people, it's like you go through these mental gymnastics, like, fuck, I'm not good enough. I can't do this fucking thing. <laughs> and all your little weird fears. Mm-hmm. Now I have this extra one where it's like, not only am I hoping my voice will be there and, and that I'll remember the lyrics and that I don't break a string, but now it's like, I hope my lungs work. <laughs> I'm going to choke on air. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I hope I don't fucking I can't even breathe right. Get claustrophobic <laughs> from standing in open air. Yeah. It's not always how it goes, though. You like, So you quit smoking. You're like, you made an arguably health conscious decision for right. your life. And yep. then what was your reward? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I think always, it's every, always when you clean up your act. So the moral of the story yeah. is just never lean try. into it. Yeah. Just, just drink all the booze, do all the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing something bad, just make that a part of your personality from now on. I should also follow that with, uh, I'm not a doctor. I don't know shit about what, <laughs> what you should do for your health. Dr. Shaden says, <laughs> smoke all the cigarettes and you'll be fine. I think that works. I'm a doctor like Dr. Schmogie is a doctor. <laughs> he has like 17 degrees, bro, yeah. but they're in different things. <laughs> I don't know. So with uh, the reason why I brought up nutrition is because, you know, usually when you get sick, there's medicine and there's that kind of stuff. But I think we're of the generation now where people are learning that healthy living can get rid of a lot of the things that send you to the doctor in the first place. And I'm wondering if with, you know, I've been trying to, to make my lungs expand more by 
exercising a little bit here and there and stuff. So I'm, I, I assume I haven't done enough of it yet. I was going to say, you probably got to go past a little bit. A little a bit. Is, bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, it, you know, it hurts, Jeff. I don't Who like has it. the time? But I'm wondering. Uh, <laughs> 30 minutes a day of do something with a purpose. There he is. That's, I knew if we poked him enough. Yep, yeah. you're going to get me going on that <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, 30 yeah. minutes a day. Help me, and, Jeff. And I want to know how to heal my COVID. Cardio of whatever it is, and it can be walking, quite simply. Um, walk with a purpose. Right. You know, make your make your heart and your lungs work. Right. Walk like and somebody that's how you build strength, you. right? Well, I do play music a couple times a week, I jump around and all that shit. Yeah, it's not enough. It is yeah. a, a hell of a workout. I don't I'm know not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not. No, I need to do it every day. But there's certainly a purpose there. Uh, by the end of it, there's a little lake where I where I stand. So come on. Yeah. Although that right. could be me. I've had to swim through it to get off stage before. Can't yeah. Vouch. Yeah. I've I've smelled. I usually sent little rivers over to shade inside of the stage. Like I, this is a little peace offering from my lake to yours. It gives a, a whole new meaning to river dance. <laughs> it's gross. You might have some advanced at like hot yoga because you know how to deal with a sloppy wet floor and not fall. Yuck, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I could do some hot yoga. I did you some could hot innovate. Yoga. They would innovate because of you being there. They would, it would force innovation. They would be like, okay, we <laughs> have sponge mats. We have sponge <laughs> mats so that the people aren't offended. And oh, they got that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. A, that's a thing. I right. think uh, the interesting thing about, about health stuff, because I've spent, I've spent a lot of years tinkering with my own health, you know, like especially my diet. I'll pull something out for a month or several weeks and then i'll put another thing back in and just to kind of see because everybody's body is different well that's you know, yeah that's like, why you that's why there's a thousand different diets out there right there are a thousand right, different not the one that ideas. works for you it probably won't work for me exactly you know but I, sorry i just had this conversation in a another interview i guess it was that i was in and like carbs for me is i i have to keep my carbs low i get fat quick off carbs and it doesn't really matter what i'm doing how much i'm lifting how much cardio my body just responds negatively to carbohydrates i need some but not in excess or you know i'll be a i would just take a bag of chips and make that a meal and that's i can't yeah that's a problem yeah i can do that until about 39 well and that that also gets into (laughs) that also gets into you know the whole concept of well yeah i I mean i only had ice cream three nights this week people don't understand what Mm -hmm. moderation really is because Mm -hmm. we're not taught particularly in the in this country which is really a land of excess right absolutely and in in the way that a lot of people want to live so if you're not if you're not being taught what moderation truly is It, it depends on what you're comparing it to if you if your doctor you know you're overweight and your doctor says go have oatmeal well you sadly might not be smart enough to figure out that oh well i ate a whole thing of oatmeal cookies I, those were healthy they're oatmeal right you know dude i grew up this is on a different subject but my mom would tell me like well we're going to mcdonald's but make sure you get a tomato make sure there's there's lettuce on that <laughs> cheeseburger so it's good for you it's, it's, a, it's she, a salad and, and back in the day with the food pyramid they're like you need all the bread in the world you Man, need to eat all the, the bread food pyramid that's like Awful. the collective lie that all of our parents told yep. us. Uh, totally, yeah. totally based <laughs> on economics. In, in their defense, they probably didn't know any better. But Right. <laughs> yeah. We're rocking out. Now we're going to edit some Interlude. Let's go out to the lobby. Hey there, fellow passengers. Shaden here. This brief interlude was brought to you by Zach's beloved German shepherd, Kona, who barked all of our earballs out of existence and into the void. In order to spare you a similar fate, We've decided to jump you forward in time just a bit. Congratulations on skipping the dog apocalypse. 
That pisses me off. I don't know why. I would send my chemicals into some weird part. I'm like, that fucking dog's doing its fucking job. Stupid Just like animal. I asked. That's why I bought that fucking thing. It's a fucking do that. I'm like, but not when I don't want it to. Yeah. I'm supposed to do it on my commands. Doesn't it understand yeah. the concept of recording podcasts? It's like walking outside in the sun and being like, I don't want to be hot right now. <laughs> well, it's the day. You just need to learn. The sun to is out. Live, Sorry. Live the day. Stay in your house. All right. So. Where are we at? I don't know. Biochemistry. Hooray. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Circling back. Nutrition. My point, my point I was trying to make while the dog was going ballistic was that you, you, have, to, you have to be mindful of balance. You, know? like if you're, you don't have to have every single move you make be healthy because too much of anything is a bad thing. I agree. But, Enjoy your life, yeah. But, but at the, to the same, the other side of that coin, if you do something knowingly that's unhealthy, like say, oh, I, had, I, I drank three nights this week. Not good for you by anybody's by anybody's estimation. Not good for you. Right. But so okay, then be mindful of that. Don't drink the rest of the week. Drink a fuckload of water. Take some milk thistle. Clear your liver a little bit. You know, like right. just like do do some. Just be mindful of it. You'd be amazed how far that that kind of shit goes to making you not feel like shit. Is just you know pay attention to the shitty things you do, and do things that directly counteract that a little bit absolutely and to credit what you're saying i mean i I guess i don't have any ultimate goal physically that i'm going after right now but i did for a couple years like i i wanted to bodybuild right yeah Yeah. and then i you know i realized well shit i'm gonna have to get on steroids to actually really compete because i'm not going to compete unless i'm going to win right that was a decision i didn't i don't want to do steroids right so i'm gonna i'm gonna go a different direction but for that what two and a half years i was so focused on not being a fat body and, you know, what I dumped 60 some odd pounds, got in really good shape. And I was so, you know, quit drinking, quit chewing, did all these really strict things, worked out twice a day for the majority of that time. I lived off chicken and broccoli and rice pretty much, which mm-hmm. I can do. I don't have a problem doing that. But now I'm at that point now. It's like, I'm going to do that most of the time. But like even this weekend, I have a camping trip coming up for the next three days. I'm going to enjoy some s'mores and maybe have a drink right? and you know, eat some greasy, nasty, you know, lips and asshole hot dogs right? and, and enjoy it with all the crap on it and maybe some chips it for feels- three days. But then I, but I know myself, I know that on Monday You'll I'm going to be shut that right back off. in the gym and doing what I'm doing and drinking my gallon of water and right. taking my, well, I even take all my vitamins and stuff when I go on trips cause I'm weird like that. Yeah, you should. But yeah, but agreeing with you. Yeah. Do moderation mm-hmm. right do things for a very short time but moderation for your health is every day that is moderation you have to do some sort of cardio for 30 minutes a day it is also very wise to do some sort of resistance training where it you your muscles get tired and worn out 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day so to hell to defy gravity and all kinds of uh, of detrimental diseases that we get to our bodies that stop us from from moving, mm-hmm. and even as a, I, I would consider myself a pretty healthy guy, considering even at my age of fifty one, and maybe my physical attributes probably look better than what I really am. But that sounds super arrogant. But <laughs> I look. But great. I don't look. I don't feel great. I know I look, I look like a but I actually don't feel a hundred percent Adonis. I fucking. All of a sudden, I feel like science lambs. Too I, sexy I, for I, this room. I fuck too, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm dancing in front of. Uh, okay. By this Get way, that that's Jeff Getchell. In case you uh, wanted to know, that's that's him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, I mean, you wouldn't. If you didn't see it, you wouldn't know the pain that I go through every morning because of my. You know, I mean, I broke my back and I accident a few years back and and that is lifetime effects it had i 
I go and work out despite of the pain and it ultimately goes away. But if I didn't go through it, every morning I hurt, but even at that, if I didn't do the things that I do regularly, I would be in Way crippling worse. pain yeah. because of the injuries that I have. I have to move to stop the pain. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, there's, that's ancient wisdom, man. Like I had a, a older guy that I respected a lot and he told me something that seemed really poignant and he's probably not the first person to say it, but it hit me when he said it to me, but he said, when you stop moving, you start dying. That's exactly yeah. true. I, and, I mean, and I was like, wow, I've never forgotten that. Cause I'm like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> you go for a couple of weeks and you haven't moved. You're like, I'm dying. Yeah. I'm literally dying. <laughs> I'm I remember dying. I, Help. <laughs> not too long ago. I mean, hurting myself. I don't know. I was sleeping or tripped on a cat or who the fuck knows what I did, but I hurt myself. And it, to the point where I went to the doctor and he's like, well, okay, we'll do this and do this, do this. It was like stretches and some strengthening, just some weird shit. And I'm like, well, how long do, you do that? He's like, for the Forever. rest of your yeah. life. You're, this you're, is what you do now. Yeah. You're 50. This yeah. is your life. This You need to do this every day. And I do. My first hour of being up is uh, getting coffee ready, taking my vitamins, and stretching and using... I have like the shepherd's hook to dig into my back and mm. all these... Reminding your body how to function. Around. Yeah, just yeah. to be able to get dressed to go to the gym. So it's pretty amazing that you go out in the gym and you fucking work hard. And... Amazing or stupid. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> some people are impressed and some people just think I'm a fucking idiot. Well, yeah, yeah. so it well, just all depends on what their archetype is. Yeah. So I think you try hard personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm motivated. I, I definitely, I will admit, I, I, my main motivator to get into shape is to be able to get out of shape again like i enjoy to be the able cycle. to fuck off yeah, yeah. like I, i'll i'll get i'll go for like usually it's the summer is my cycle like the summertime i'll get super healthy because you're you know it's the season to go out and do stuff that's my fuck and then time. and then and then i uh, you know as as you know things get crappier and i want to be inside anyway i'm like all right i earned it i mm-hmm. got I, I was running pretty much every day all summer i was doing yoga i was hiking now i'm gonna eat all the chocolate that's ever <laughs> existed and i'm gonna get fat and yeah. then next summer i'm gonna go why did i do this and i'm gonna do it all again <laughs> right it's funny how that works different well, people do different balance things. baby it seems yeah. like the, generally the first motivation is either something as simple as uh, i want my clothes to fit because i can't afford new clothes or i just want to look good naked i think those right. are generally the first two that people look at right and then again, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but I, what started happening to me is like, no, I want to look better than a 30 year old. I want to look better than I did when I started my I want to look better than a fetus. Career. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to, I want my old fetus weight back. That, de- that definition you had. Fetuses in the, are really in this year. I would yeah. there. Big, Being around kids, problem. I would love to have that energy and I'm trying to produce it. And yeah. It's, it's almost impossible. Oh man. The kid energy is ridiculous. Unstoppable. My buddy Kaz from Japan calls it young power. Young power. They have the young power, and it's like, oh, I get that. I, I don't yeah. understand why it's against the law to kennel your children. It's <laughs> such a safe place for them. You can feed them and water them, give kennel them blankets up. and kennel pillows. <laughs> My parents had a pet store. I'm pretty sure we sold a few kennels a year yeah. for that purpose. He ate dog food. You yeah. can't tell me don't you didn't forget get about in a kennel. I, I, I lived in kennels for a long time. <laughs> I know how to get out of them on both sides. I know how to get out of a bunch of different metal ones and the Vera kennels, the airplane safe ones. So, like Houdini, but for pet things. That's right. But then, you know, I had, I had thumbs. The dogs didn't have thumbs so i kind of had an advantage, advantage. Yeah, it was pretty you. pretty big advantage. <laughs> all right so i think we've we've talked about our little uh, yeah. health that's stuff. our health advice we're not doctors whatever. no uh gas station burritos for the rest of your life will yeah. be fine 100 percent. just make sure Leaning you have some the milk bad thistle. decisions that's and the key get to your tums and 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 make sure that you just actually put get the band-aid on the wash it down yeah. maybe like a you know 
Mountain Dew. Right. Yeah. You know, in the future, we mm-hmm. will talk. I studied biochemistry for a lot of years. Uh, I, I love nutrition. Shaden brought up something that in, that nutrition is very much individualized. I'm kind of one of the, the mindset of that blood types is interesting to me. I don't know if it's pseudoscience at this point. I've read a few books on it, but quack doctors can you, publish books. You've kind too. of sold me on some of your theories. Yeah, then, there's for some, sure. I mean, biochemistry is the, the answer to health, like understanding how the cells work and that cell malfunction is when you're unhealthy. All forms of unhealthiness is when more, a bunch of your trillions of cells are like, and they're made out of bullshit. You we'll got we'll to manipulate that, that gut biome, bro. That's right, bro. <laughs> Just like in that Futurama when he eats that gas station fucking egg salad sandwich and he builds that civilization. Heck you got to yeah. manipulate that. Like in Rick and Morty where there's a theme park inside the... God damn it, yeah. yeah exactly. And Jeff's over here like, fuck Osmosis Jones. fucking nerds. What else do we got? <laughs> <laughs> Osmosis Jones was great. If you want to talk Aqua Teen Hunger Force, we can have a conversation. Okay, hey, okay. That's See? a great one. Okay. All right. It is, the, it is the Look crazy voices that bind it. <laughs> so now let's talk about... I brought this up just because it's been on my mind since fucking 2015, but it's emotional maturity. I And I, I don't really have anywhere to go with this. I'm not sure how long we'll talk about this, but the idea is that everywhere I look, that's the problem. It, no matter what it is that's political, social, no matter what's happening, it seems like the conversation is ridiculous because the people that are having it are emotionally immature. Uh, when I look at, and I'm not going to say names or, or subjects, but when you listen to the media discuss things, because we've talked about nuance and how they just don't care, mm. that's an emotionally immature thing to do, is to skip n- nuance as part of a conversation. Well, and where does nuance come from? It comes from when you, when you have the ability to be mature enough to not speak from an emotional standpoint, but from a logical standpoint, that's where you get nuance. Yeah. If you're speaking from emotional standpoints, which is a very immature way to act, mm-hmm. that's why you have the problems. As soon as that happens, nobody's listening anyway. Right. I think mature people also care if what, they say, what they're saying is true. Care if what you think is true is an emotional mature standpoint. And I'm noticing that people are talking through each other, ignoring each other, and I think a lot of people think that they're being righteous by ignoring people's conversations. It's like, I don't want to listen to you because you believe this straw man that I've created for your belief system. And I just want to say that's an emotional, immature thing to do. You're hurting America by doing that. <laughs> and yourself. And yourself. You're, more than anything, yeah. You've created a place for your brain where you can't be intellectually honest and so you really don't have a place at the table to talk with the other adults i hate to say that i'm not i don't feel like i'm a super big adult but i'm aware that emotional maturity is required well, to sit at the so big we've all, table we've all we've all at the very least known someone in our lives if not been this person at some point in our lives where they have their posse you know mm-hmm. people that are just affirming them yeah. all the time oh, man. and and they specifically surround themselves with these people because who doesn't want to feel you know validated all the time it's just like you can say something and then look around at your cronies and they're like yeah exactly yeah, it's up. like yeah. on a, it's like yes. on a playground you know and it's like that feels good but it doesn't serve you well Mm-mm. and it doesn't serve those people well either the no. people that are that are latching on and following around and i feel like that's it's it's I have the more the older I get, the more I look around in the world at adults and I see stuff that I saw on the playground as a kid, and it's just it's just higher forms Festered of that. Into, yeah, it's just more yeah. of the same shit. Just mm-hmm. you know, we've just figured out more complicated adult ways to rationalize it, but it's the same shit, and yeah. that's that's what I feel like you're talking about when you're saying you know you, you haven't allowed yourself to develop the emotional maturity to be able to talk to somebody who disagrees with you, right? From a rational standpoint, even maybe, and and go, 
it, it, instead of shut the door on their face, you go, okay, well, let's examine that. Yeah. You know? Well, what? one of the fun parts of life is is hearing other people's ideas. Like, that's one of the things that's suffered over the last several years is that we're not interested in people's ideas because the, who they might be associated with or who, what letter they have by their name. And ideas are what makes life interesting. And it really intelligent folk they talk about ideas that's what I, that's what people do uh, and we don't get to do that anymore in the society because people are bad we've de- we've decided that certain people are off limits to talk about and it doesn't both sides do this they're like we don't ever want to be neighbors yeah. with this guy because he, he waves this flag it's so emotionally immature that it feels like we're at that place where a very powerful totalitarian mindset could come in and fuck with us in a weird way. I mean, that's totally conspiratorial, but because we've weakened ourselves to the point of, I don't care if I'm right or not. I just want to yell or I just want to be on a team. That emotional immaturity could lead us to someone strong-handed. That's how history works is, you know, somebody will come in when there's a big schism or cleavage between people and take advantage of it. I mean, and at the risk of us sounding like hypocrites, because what you're talking about, we all have some degree of that. I, I would say that because I know you guys, we and myself, we happen to be people who very much try to fight that tendency to not have our biases and, and, and attach to those and really right. look at things from a different perspective. But I think one of the biggest signs of knowing that you are maturing is to be able to listen to what somebody else says or, or see something mm-hmm. in a different way than you've always thought before and, and, and go, oh, I, I, w- I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to be mature to say, I was wrong. Yeah, I was not just a little wrong, I was a lot wrong. And I understand this, and I'm going to try to practice this principle because this makes more sense than what I ever thought. And most, it seems to be, most people cannot do that. Well, it's yeah. hard. It's hard because there's this, uh, there's a there's a name for this psychological behavior. Maybe Zach knows it when I explain it, but I can't remember right now. But it's you. I, I've described it as like a, um, you know, you 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 start out in a in a ship, and you're you're headed out into the sea, and your ship is basically the analogy of all the things that you've gathered and you're like, these are the things that I think are true. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, and so that becomes your basis for how you interact with the the world at large and the other people that you cohabitate with. But when, when you get used to sailing in the comfort of that ship and then you encounter something that forces you to hop in a dinghy and reset and start, you know, heading out on your own because you're like, Oh, everything that I thought that I based this ship on, suddenly I'm not so sure about it anymore. I, you know, to your point, Jeff, where you're saying I, I was wrong about that. That's a hard thing for people to do in a lot of <laughs> and, cases. And because, now I'm stuck and in a dinghy and I got to start over. Well, yeah, That's and scary. It's, it's now I got to go Robinson Crusoe on this <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck me. Listen to family Robinson. By the way, listen to you attention. with the analogies. That's usually my deal. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm learning, man. No. So, but I mean, the, the point being, it's partially a pride issue for sure, but it's also a fear issue, you know, because it's like you don't want to take your whole pathos and ethos and look at and go the way you look at the world and then just go, oh, I guess not. Because then, then you, you're losing a, a piece of your identity with it, you know, mm-hmm. and, if, and that feels shitty. Like it's a hard thing to do. It takes some courage to do that and it takes some humility for sure. And there's no shame in it, but I feel like I feel like there's a lot of facets of our society, particularly now, that are they're creating shame around that. It's just like, oh, you didn't have it all figured out. You were wrong. Exactly. You fucking loser. You know, it's so it's ridiculous. Like, what the heck? We're all wrong. 
Right. Sooner or later, we're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're wrong way more often than we're right. And there are all things that we strongly believe that we are 100% right in, and maybe we are, but there's going to be people that don't agree with us. So it kind of goes, it kind of goes both ways. I, I guess if you have, if you're willing to present true evidence to somebody that your principle is is true, you would want them to at least have the option to look at it objectively. Right. So many people don't care about truth in their lives. So when you present truth, it it's, means nothing anyway. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems to me that a very intelligent person is a person that can entertain lots of different ideas without buying into them. Like you can't, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to delve way deep into conspiracy and be like, all right, what are you guys talking about? What is it that you're thinking? Yes. It's this initial. I love dis- talking to people like that. Like yeah. James, our, our drummer in the yeah. band, love him to death. He and he knows this. I don't buy all of the conspiracy stuff that right. he's into, but I will always listen to him Absolutely. talk about it, hundred percent. Yeah, because it fascinates it me. It is. I'm like, I love. I would. It would be so fun if that was true. And I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just the jaded piece of shit right. that's like, nah, there's no way. And then it turns out that. There's really are lizard people because cool man like right. that's way more interesting than covid and inflation <laughs> right well I mean, so much more interesting yes i was just having a conversation with my father yesterday and we were talking about religion and god and all that and he just like well you haven't really studied enough and i don't think he knows how much i delved into it hmm. uh when i was younger but um, yeah, have i read the whole bible no the whole point is he believes there's god and there's gonna be, he's gonna go to heaven and and Again, I think he's incorrect, but the reality is I don't know. It's not it's not that I think he's wrong. I just don't know and I'm not willing to say that I do. Right. No. Uh but the concept of it is great. Yeah. It's fantastic. That'd be cool if you're right, but well the truth of the matter is nobody knows and I think that's part of the that's part of the deal, you know, whatever right. whatever the deal is, like it's the not knowing that makes it valuable. And I think that also just because you don't know and arguably maybe you can't know and until you're not here and can't tell anybody of the right. rest of us that's the damn it, trick you know yeah. but i think that even in spite of that searching and hypothesizing and entertaining ideas it, it has so much value uh, just just the act of doing that has a ton of value you don't have to you don't have to grab onto one of them and go this is the one it has to be right i'm this is i'm putting my money on black 13 right. and that's it you know like you can do that. It's your life. But I, I think there's a whole lot more value in just reaching into the void in many directions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the act of doing that is what's going to cause you to grow along your journey more than more than just grabbing one and going, this is as far as I go. This yeah. is the thing. I, I guess in that particular realm of religion is you're required to make a commitment. Right. And, 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 then and that's you, what I don't agree. Is, And that's what I don't agree with. Yeah, exactly. I think life is about if you decide not to buy into a certain religion or government, your whole life is about finding little pieces to, to build your moral compass and your philosophy of life. I mean, that's what we're doing. That is the ride. And good point on bringing the government up. Cause as, as we all know, government is, isn't just another religion. It's a belief it system. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's all make believe fantasy stuff. We, we are just making stuff up as we go. As we, we noticed there aren't any adults in the room. I mean, in the big room of life, there aren't any adults running around. <laughs> or, or this one. Quite or this the, room, yeah. yeah I mean, in all reality. Room, and yeah. you guys are some of the, bi- the best and adults I know. we're unsupervised. We're unsupervised. So we should, <laughs> I, I'm the most irresponsible, responsible person I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's a, ra- a great I'm way I'm responsible so I can get away with being irresponsible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Same reason I work out. That's You're a, noticing a pattern. Yeah, here. I see the pattern. He's <laughs> like, he's hedging his bets here. I like fuck shit up just so I can fix it so I have something to do. And that's... And I have... kind of live my life that way, too. It's kind of an agnostic point of view. You're like... 
I don't know. But also, I'm not going to like go against it. <laughs> but but for, to close out this point, as the listener, and if you don't already do this, think about if you're, say political, we'll just go political. You're on one side of the team and you know your side really well. You know the talking points. You know your beliefs and all that stuff. Instead of taking whatever your team says about the other team, throw all of that away and go listen to the other team from their perspective. So it's called steel man, straw man. I was going to say, isn't that a steel man argument is knowing the arguments of the other team. Like I I find it pathetic when I get on Facebook and I listen to people trying to talk shit, political bullshit, whatever, and they straw man. Mm -hmm. Like if the ideas have to be straw man, you're giving them power because rational people are going to see that and be like, you're not even telling the truth about the subject. So I can't trust you. And you're making the other people look better because you're lying about them. Steel man, every argument and you'll be way better in life. Because mm-hmm. if, if you don't agree with Republicans or Democrats with their argument as it is, as what they believe it is, so be it. That's, a, that's disagreeing respectfully with ideas. If you disagree with them because you've never listened to them before in your life, like if you, ha- if you hate Joy Behar because Fox told you so, or if you hate Tucker Carlson because CNN told you so, but you've never listened to those people, you're, you're being manipulated in the most basic dumb fuck way mm-hmm. and it's there's no respect for you in, in the adult world if there is adults but when we're talking about ideas we can't listen to your opinion because you haven't taken the first step being intellectually honest striving for emotional maturity and saying i want to know exactly what their point is about this topic not the bullshit not the propaganda not the hyperbole exactly what they believe and i'm going to empathize with them if i was them would i believe that mm-hmm. and that's the fucking goal so i'm challenging you guys try looking at the the team you disagree with 100% without the bullshit that you believe listen to them say their points and you know if you walk away after a, and, and don't do it for an hour you know and I, you know don't follow what I do but what I used to do when I worked for Time Suck I had a half hour drive to and back I would listen to NPR in the morning and listen to all the stuff that they would tell their folks and I would listen to Fox or Ben Shapiro or whatever on the way home the difference is fucking insane. And I thought I was in la-la land because they, they see things differently. It's just a very interesting thing to do with your mind. You start to realize that people have different priorities with their morality. They're not bad people. They just prioritize their morality differently. And it starts to make it so we start to see the similarities between people more than, than these things that are superficial, you know, the straw man fucking arguments that this guy's an evil person because of what they believe you'll find that there are very few evil people in the world it's just your mind is being manipulated by people that prey off of you thinking so poorly and i would i would add to i agree with pretty much everything you just said but i well then we're both getting shoved in a gulag yep yep. (laughs) but i would i would add two points to it is do that and like don't be afraid of doing that like i think if you're it's not going to get on you and change you necessarily, right. you know, to listen to right. an opposing view, you know, and if it does, you didn't hold your view very closely Correct. anyway, if, if you know, you so f- you're not losing that much. But then, and the second thing I wanted to say to add to that is try to steer clear of anything that's presented as an absolute mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. If it's, if it's absolute, it's probably not going to serve you well in life. Like, right. you know, like, like you touched on, you know, if you, you, if your side paints someone from, or something from the other side as the enemy period, there's mm-hmm. no room for negotiation. They are the enemy. That's the person telling you that is probably a more likely candidate for who your enemy right. really is, you know, because they're, they're absolutes. They really, 
they really don't exist mm-hmm. in 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 the life that we're living that we're sharing together. No, the more information we have about anything, the more we realize everything is a spectrum. There's just so much differences. Yeah, even going back to simple diet. That's why one diet doesn't work for everybody. Yep. Right? Yeah, we're all, we're little snowflakes, is what it is. We're all individuals. We definitely are. We're but little we are. nuanced snowflakes, right? But be better, <laughs> fucking snowflakes, by being emotionally mature. Be aware that emotional emotional maturity is important, and and you should be able to balance other ideas that aren't the ones that you believe in, without any problem. It should be very easy for you to listen to someone else's point of view on the world. And not, it shouldn't, maybe it will trigger you if they believe that puppies should be, you know, slaughtered and, and thrown, we should have parties with dead puppies everywhere. I guess you can be against that. But I, at least if they have a, a reason to believe that, at least tell me what your reason exactly. is and I might understand even though I don't agree wholeheartedly. Exactly. We don't have to pretend we're Batman in every fucking situation and every person that we meet about every topic. And that's what it seems like we're doing. Yeah. So that's my little take on emotional maturity. Where is it? I don't, I don't know. I've never seen it in in our society i've watched c-span my whole life i've never seen a politician have it i will say that is what kind of makes the world entertaining it, yeah you know I, where i have seen I emotional maturity just to just to put a little bit of uh, sunlight into this otherwise dreary corner that we're <laughs> we're poking around in i've seen emotional maturity in settings just like this where it's people people sitting around on a much more individual basis yeah. that don't necessarily have an agenda they have ideas that they hold and that they believe in but they're not trying to they're not trying to gotcha they're not trying to you know mm-hmm. necessarily even change your mind but it's like let's just pick this apart and figure out where we agree and where so we don't better. and then we'll walk away from it and think about it and that's just that should exist i, I mean it's easy back. it's easy to sit here and just go it's all gone but we're doing it yeah you know and people people do it I do it with other people than you guys sorry I, I cheat on you that's alright that's alright <laughs> but I, it used to yeah. be on TV that's yeah. the thing that's weird it, would, it used it to be it would be, be nice school. to have an example to, yeah. to follow at the very least it feels yeah. like we're, we've sold inter- we've decided to be entertained more than informed who watches TV anymore man we got YouTube and podcasts well, that's what I mean but we, we're, <laughs> we were so into entertain there's a thousand ways to be entertained now yeah. and I think we've kind of given up uh, it's more fun to be entertained than to push against your chemicals where it's like I don't like this guy because he believes that but it's probably good for me to learn more about what he's saying instead it's like I'll just watch Netflix well the whole pre-phone computer shit that we're living in today I mean you would see the Inquirer and all the whatever all the tabloid all the tabloid bullshit now we literally live in a tabloid world everything is a tabloid coming into your face all day long it's weird because we watch people I say this almost every fucking time I have a microphone but we love building people up to tear them down I, I'm so obsessed with that because so much, of, so many of us including ourselves we're striving to win in life we're, tri- we're striving to reach goals and to succeed in things and really the whole world wants to see you win so that you c- they can kick you in the knees yeah. and watch you fall I mean, so, look, and you just music, have to get used to knowing that that's how the world is and it's kind of weird you're just like oh man the music industry is huge in that oh, I mean bands like, like Nickelback Nickel- yes. I think have they ever written a song that wasn't a hit I don't know that's I don't know question, and right? everybody no, 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 I hate Nickelback fuck right. that I love Nickelback they're right. awesome you know why <laughs> I, I like sticking good. up I'm old enough, I am old enough that's that if it sounds all good yes. <laughs> you know what fuck you guys <laughs> Scott Cass has doubled I, down on, hey, on Nickelback a few times I agree with you I, I, th- I think if you if you can't see some value in Nickelback you're, you're an asshole it, seriously it's just, it, yeah it's just <laughs> one example obviously they're talented and they're doing very well yeah. you know 
Uh, they're not my favorite band, but they're good but at what they do, listen, man. But listening like, to the critiques of what they what they are, it's like, well, they got nothing original. It's like, have you heard the Beatles? Like everyone <laughs> copied the Beatles from from Beatles on. It's just been copying. We only have so many chords. What right. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and it's like you can't deny the guy has a voice that is unlike ninety nine percent of vocalists out there. It's like this guy's voice is powerful, has a high range, and he's a great great producer. It's like if you get too good. Uh, you have too much success and maybe how you handle it it might be a little bit of luck on how you handle shit mm-hmm. like Creed has a, and Limp Bizkit they kind of they kind of double down on be the douchey part of the 2000s and it was like people were like nope <laughs> but you know what I still love that shit like I said I'm old enough now I don't I don't care what you think if I like right. it I'm going to turn it up and listen to it and I'll put it in my headphones the things if you don't that make my, my, my nether regions tickle make them tickle I don't care if you don't like it or not right. Nickelback 2. makes 7. it tickle 2.7 right <laughs> you, know, you know it's like I hate ACDC now they're really going to go away but yeah. you know what that doesn't mean they suck I just got tired of their it music because they're played every hour on the hour for you know, over 30 years of my life, I'm done with it. I want to right. do something different. I'll, I'll pile on on that, man. I feel like if you've heard three ACDC songs, any songs, pick three songs. You've heard have, ACDC. Do they yeah. have more than three? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, and <laughs> Which I'm isn't not, a mess. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I got, and I'm not saying ACDC sucks All I have ass. to hear is... Like, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> hey, dude, I'm, I'm that guy, man. Sometimes I'll hear a song and I'm just like, I want to listen to that song on repeat for three days straight. Mm. And I will. So, like... I have to imagine that's the charm of ACDC for yeah. people that they're like, I want to listen to just that on repeat all the time. I'm Fuck like, yeah. okay, cool. If that, it doesn't suit my brain, but if it, <laughs> when I was a kid and, yours, and I discovered ACDC and I, everybody was like, you got to hear this. They're so great. And did it. And I'd heard one song. I was still discovering metallic and shit. And I got what razor's edge with the, with the thunderstruck song on it. I listened to thunderstruck. I never even listened to the rest of that album. I listened to thunderstruck. 17 days in a row four, <laughs> four months in a row. I don't know who knows so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped but now I'm yeah exactly I was pumped the whole time I'm sleeping I'm pumped I'm fucking woo Dude. but now I don't want to hear ACDC I've always anymore. been a musical weirdo man when I I distinctly remember when I was in elementary school I my dad gave me a cassette Walkman with like a one of the crazy bright fluorescent orange pair of like head headphones you right. know, like the over ear and I'm walking around at recess listening to Lou Bega on on cassette tape <laughs> in elementary school fucking a and like all the other kids are like playing soccer and I'm just like walking behind the backstop like one two three four five <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> like, my teacher took it from me one time and it was like that song in the, in the and they, they were just like why are you listening to this, this is child this is <laughs> your age is single digits <laughs> you don't know what, what any do you know of these about words having mean? women in different area codes <laughs> i got lots of milk mamas i'm like i just like it's a bop <laughs> <laughs> all right so emotional maturity that that took us all over the place yeah, yeah. uh i hope you guys will will help me stay honest in my emotional maturity and i hope you guys will uh, try that little experiment look from another perspective at people that you think you fucking very hate just drastically disagree with uh but let's move on let's talk about parental lies we kind of touched on it a little bit uh i'm i guess i'm throwing my mom under the bus on scatcast on every show uh so i do have to say that my mom let no, me she astray. can't defend herself. If I, I talk know. trash about my mom and she hears it, I'm going to hear it. She can write a letter. <laughs> my mom can can possess me in my nightmares. I don't know. People believe that stuff. I don't. Uh, but I, you brought this up today where it was pretty funny what you said. I'll, I'll have you talk about it with your dad and his twists. Yeah, uh, yeah. But basically the premise is that, you know, you go through life thinking a certain way. And I'm sure all of you have this where your parents told you something. Maybe it was an old wives tale or it was something important. And they were just telling you that thing just to get you out of their hair. And it's stuck with you. And you find out when you're 40, 50 years old, 
that it was all bullshit and that you were annoying to them. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and start that. <laughs> so I guess check. I should start that. I mean, my dad has been the one consistent person within my life and, and going outdoors and hunting and fishing has always been a really big thing. And, and as a parent, I guess you don't recognize that your kids actually are paying attention to what you do just because they don't listen and do the things you want them to do. They pick up on all the other shit for sure. Mm-hmm. And one time we were out fishing. I mean, I was young. I was probably single digit age. And my dad was helping me get rigged up and he was trying to show me how to do it. And it was this simple knot to tie a hook on a line where you thread the line through the eye of the hook and you bring it back up. And then you start twisting the hook to create so they come back through and make a loop. And I, I w- probably was annoying the shit out of him. But I can remember, I said, well, how many times do you twist the hook? And he says, 13. And then he ties the hook. And That's I was the official objective. So fucking. my whole life teaching kids and other people how to fish, <laughs> I, I teach them how to tie this hook. And I'm like, you got to twist it 13 times and come through and do all this stuff and tie this nice tight, you know, get it all nice and wet, tie it up. And I was yesterday years old. <laughs> out fly fishing with my dad and I'm working with this 5x really thin line it's just a pain in the I got sausage fingers as it is I'm trying to tie this line I'm like God, this is retarded I can't do this I'm retarded finally I I got it tied and then I'm watching him do it and he turns it like six times and ties it I'm like that son of a bitch <laughs> my whole life I've been doing th- like without question 13 full twists of this hook you start over to get again it tied on. and I realized at that moment I was probably being a pain in the ass and he just yep. threw out an arbitrary number to give me thinking you need to do it you know more than once so he gave me a high number so I would do it enough but no it was 13 and my whole life it's been 13 twists that was unnecessary so it's possible that a hundred people have been taught that because of that Roughly, you've taught, yeah, yeah. yeah, probably. So there's probably. a bunch of people that are like, effect. Yeah, it's, it's probably a YouTube thing. how-to video. It's like 13 times. 13 times. Gotta go 13 times. Yeah. Why 13? I don't know. <laughs> no one knows why. It seemed like a lot back then, but I did it anyway. So Which, how, do you, how do you feel? Is it like the Santa Claus situation where you're like, you motherfucker? No, I just think it's really not so much that. I do have a motherfucker story that I'll okay. get into real quick. Another one with my dad and something that he taught me. But what it did make me realize is I, I'm a highly sarcastic person. In particular, well, with everybody, including children. So I will, <laughs> I'll tell them shit that I think is hilarious, right. while not even realizing that that's actually what they're going to believe. <laughs> <laughs> and an example, another one that my dad did to me. Growing up, we had, you know, meat sandwiches and bologna, and every meat for your sandwich in my house was called horse cock. That is just what it was called. My dad's a funny guy. He has funny names for shit. My whole family's that way. You can picture it now. And so it's horse cock. So I don't know how things go today with school lunches or anything, but back when I went to school, basically uh, the first of the month, your parents wrote you a check and taped it to your shirt or whatever they did. Put in your. We didn't have backpacks back then. We'd carry gym bags. Right. You got beat up if you had a backpack back then. Um, Things are so much better now. Anyway, they send a check with you. You give it to the cafeteria. They give you a lunch card that had all the days of the month around the edge, and they give you a punch. Right. Well, my parents forgot to send a check. Right. So they didn't let you starve as children, but you had two options. You had this white bread and peanut butter sandwich that they pulled out of the freezer. Nice. And the peanut butter was frozen, and I wasn't allowed to eat white bread as a kid. My dad's always like, you can take a loaf of Wonder Bread and make it the size of a baseball, you're not eating that crap. Well, okay. Fair. And the other sandwich was a, now that I, I know now, it was a bologna sandwich. Right. But not back horse. then, that was not a bologna sandwich to me. That was a horse cock sandwich. 
That's funny. You learned the word cock so early in life. I didn't learn that. So when so when the cafeteria lady's like, "What sandwich do you want?" I'm like, "I don't want that frozen peanut butter shit. I'll take the, the horse cock sandwich." She's like, the what? I'll, I'll take the horse cock sandwich. She's like, it's a bologna sandwich. I'm like, no, that's a horse cock sandwich. <laughs> my so, dad told me. <laughs> my dad doesn't fuck and around. And that's how I got suspended in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> you knew the word cock in third grade. That's amazing to me. I didn't know it till seventh grade. Oh, and I, 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 I just thought it was meat for a sandwich, though. I didn't know that's the representation better. necessarily. When I came home from seventh grade, that's the only thing I learned the first day was that the words cock and cunt were fucking neat, and no one had ever told me about those. <laughs> and I'm just like, cock and cunt, and my parents are like, you don't say those. Oh, yeah, I learned the I learned magic <laughs> words again. Thank you, school. Thank you, public school. Well, I got a story about... I have probably have a thousand of these, but I just thought of one, and I told you this before we did the, the podcast, but my mom... Is, was the queen of, I think, just not wanting me to get in trouble. So she'd tell me things to keep me from getting in trouble. And the one that I always trouble remember. Trouble or hurt? Her, just doing things she didn't want me to do in general. Just like, you know how you're a parent. You're like, just don't do that. You know, it's like a dog. It's like, just shut up. Lay down. Lay down. Don't sniff anything. Don't. I was like that. She's like, just stop moving. Just be there, <laughs> alive, but shut up. So, But she would tell me things like that all the time. Lock me in places. You know, good stuff. But uh, we would go to the beach, say the ocean. Uh, I had an aunt that lived in Oregon and to keep me from swimming out and have doing whatever she told me that at the moment you touched the ocean that it would grab you like a hand and the, the riptide would pull you out of the ocean we'd never see you again that's true yeah that's 100% it's true. 100% accurate I've, I've learned that in life <laughs> after swimming in the ocean I have died several times uh, but for years I mean I, I learned how to be a lifeguard like I, I took swimming lessons from my, again my mom just like let's put him somewhere and so I took like nine straight weeks of uh, nine different courses of uh, swimming lessons. So I got lifeguard certified at like 11, but they're like, you're too young for that and whatever. And I still would go to the water, like a strong swimmer and be like, oh, there's no way while there's children swimming in the ocean and shit. I'm like, those kids are just crazy. They don't know. And I'd tell other kids and stuff. And I don't even know how old I was when I learned. It's like, no, that's not how they work. You want to watch out for the, the areas where those are. And it's just like, fuck. But I thought it was a hand. My, and my dad didn't do anything. He's like, yeah, don't do that. Because he's also like annoying. Just shut up. I don't have to swim out there. He couldn't swim anyway. He's like, you'll die if you The only reason there. you were you know, bred was to try out dog food. Dog <laughs> no, I'm the dog food tester. Uh, I'm doing a good job there. That's, this is my treat. I get to go swim in the water. But anyway, that was my thing. My mom told me that the ocean would grab you and suck you away. And, you know. But then I went and swam in the ocean when I was like 20. I'm like, I don't feel like it's going to suck me away. But the whole time I'm like, fuck, I might get sucked away. <laughs> you never know. And, and there's, it's not like there isn't uh, you know, riptides or whatever they're called. But, under uh, toes. Under toes, yeah. But, you know, you could probably still swim in the ocean if you're okay. You know. I mean, it can happen. Yeah. 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 I've, I've actually seen it happen in my life. And I'm like, my mom was right. I mean, honestly, but, if they really wanted to, wanted to get rid of you, they would have said, hey, go, go swim in the ocean. Right. <laughs> so they didn't want to get rid of me. It's going to be really ironic if you die like in, in an accident, like you drown in the ocean or something. Yeah. It'll be, I'll, I'll be at your funeral and I'll be like, he should have listened <laughs> his to his mom mother. Warned him. His mom tried to tell him. He was, making, he was laughing about it on our podcast. <laughs> now who's laughing now, Zach? I, <laughs> I said that I would, the way I want to go is scuba diving. So, I mean. It'll be close then. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be doing. I'll be halfway there. You're like I'm. I can just see Zach going lower and lower. I'm gonna find that hand. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. It's got to be in here somewhere. <laughs> Why not? Well, you got to have a story. We skipped your piss the bed story you know, last week. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be disappointing. But my 
They my, told you only good things? My dad God mostly damn. raised me. Like, I got most of my paternal wisdom from my dad, and he shot really straight with me. For, nice. I mean, you've, you've met my dad. He's, yeah. just, he's that kind of person. Like, he, he would take the time to explain the why, usually, for most things. And he didn't You really, lucky bastard. He didn't really feed me too many lines. But, but my dad was I will, pretty good at that. To, as, as compensation, I will tell you something funny about young me. Is I, I, uh, I really hated having to ask why things were the way they were like i would do everything possible to try and figure it out before i would ever ask anybody and it led me to hold some beliefs like way longer in my life than i probably would have if i would have just asked somebody yes (laughs) prime example i went until i was probably eight or nine maybe if i had to guess believing in my heart that anybody who had darker skin than me was that way because much like when you leave bread in the toaster for too long it gets darker and eventually gets burnt <laughs> i thought well they stayed in the womb for too long oh, so yeah. they so their skin they they got burnt you know and I, I was just like i so i would i would see anybody with darker skin than me and i'd be like ooh poor guy there's a few you know, religions <laughs> that kind of talk <laughs> like that so and yeah, I was just, and I, but i and it was to, I, and i was i was completely convinced of this because like in my young brain once upon a time i was just like Bread, people, same thing. Yep. Got to be. I won't bother asking. It's hardly a Not going to verify. <laughs> you're 22. You're like, you, you've been in the, the oven too long. Like, no. Yeah. No. And then, no, and no. then when you find out that you're wrong about stuff like that, you can't, you can't admit it. No. Like, I can't be like. Not on a podcast. You have to play it off. You're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so when we, when we learn truths about ourselves where we're the dummy, it is, it can do terrible things to us. That's why, I mean, being honest with yourself is so hard because those chemicals where you're like, fuck, I'm an idiot. I'm like for real an idiot. And everyone knows what do I do now? How do I face being an idiot? They knew the whole time. You suck it up. You get off your ship, yeah. you get in your dinghy and you start rowing. That's right. Absolutely. It's just a ride. This whole world, if you could plan out your life, it would be boring. The, the whole point is like don't fall in love with where you think you're going fall in love with where you are and make that shit fucking work isn't that you. what makes everything fun is yeah. the possibility of failing yeah so if we all knew we could succeed at everything that at everything that we wanted to do I don't necessarily believe they would make us get off our asses faster and get it done in fact I think it would make us procrastinate more I think so too I think the the uh the proposal that you may give it all you got and you might really suck and and fail anyway uh, is is what actually motivates people Absolutely. who the, have the ability to get motivated. All the best things in my life have been failures where I learned something huge, where yeah. it like made my life better. But in the first movie, The Matrix, they talk about that, where they're like, uh, they made the first Matrix of Paradise. We're going people, to Matrix out of this? Yes. All the yes. things yeah. we could go to, yes. we went to Matrix. Yeah. Well, this Let is actually happen. a good one. Uh, <laughs> they designed The Matrix, the world, like a paradise, and but the people didn't buy it. And so the the robots that created the Matrix were like, these fucking people are pissed and they don't like it because it was perfect. So they created the world that we live in, allegedly, with all its flaws and all its injustices because we work better in that environment. Yeah. And well, you're you better you need stress and conflict in your life or, or, you, or you are unbalanced. Uh, growth, growth is a byproduct of adversity for sure. But it's just, and utopia is, utopia is just dystopia by another name. Like if we ever actually <laughs> yeah. achieved it, we'd go, oh, this is the worst thing ever. You know, because mm-hmm. it's just it's it, it's not attainable. It just exists as this ethereal point mm-hmm. that we can reach for. And again, just like I feel with uh, you know religion or trying to figure out the meaning of you know life outside of you know your your one human life that you get, there is meaning in to be found in reaching for it, mm-hmm. even though you're not going to grab it. Right. 
The questions make life fun where you don't have the answer to those questions. Being like, I, no one knows. Well, reach for them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Try to answer right. exactly. I mean, even it, if Even if you can't, just don't be a dick about it <laughs> and be like, I figured it out. I got right. the answer. You're all wrong. And if and you don't believe me, fuck you. Yeah. Everybody has their thing. <laughs> you can tell somebody's wrong when they talk like that. Yeah. Everyone has their thing that they that they strive for, whether it be religion or, or a job or, you know, it can be numerous things, but it is that question of can I actually do this is what really does motivate you and then you can that's where you get into things of you know doing things uncomfortable every day mm -hmm. to get you used to that because you know you want to really get something accomplished in your life get ready for your ride because this is where you're going to find out what you're made of oh, because yeah. you're going to find out how fucked up you really are and how terrible you really are yeah. what you want to do even though you might be good to the average person yeah. and the amount of work that you have to put in because you need to become the best at this to succeed in your life. Well, that's why yeah, it's hard. It to, it's hard to swallow when when people say things like, "Joe, just fall in love with where you're at," you know, because it's just like, "Well, what if where I'm at sucks really, really oh, fucking yeah. bad?" You Absolutely. know, so like, okay. getting to a but, new destination is what life is about. So I would say, fall in love with where you're at, and if you can't do that, fall in love with the act of changing your situation. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or or trying to figure out like, I mean. People are looking for miracles all the time. The miracle is that we are alive and that we're conscious. Like that's the big miracle mm -hmm. that nobody can figure out. Like that by itself, you should just be like, well, fuck, I can look at a flower. That flower exists and I can look at it, I can smell it. When people say stop and smell the roses, it's like, seriously, in, in a sense, we don't, we take so much for granted uh, that, you know, every one of us is probably, it, d if you're in the worst possible situation ever, then yeah. I mean, falling in love with being, you know, in a terrible situation is not easy. But falling in love with life, even in that terrible situation, falling in love with the things that you do have, you know what I mean, is kind of the vibe. Because happiness isn't a place that you find yourself. It's a pl it's something that you bring with you. It's a it's a filter that it's not happiness, but well adjustedness mm -hmm. is a thing that you bring everywhere. You know, a lot of people are like, I hate this town. I'm moving out of this town. It's fucking it bums me out. It's like. Wherever you go, you're going to bring that same attitude. You're going to go bum out Portland, or you're going to go bum out L.A. Yeah. with your attitude, because it's not a place yeah. that you go. It's In general, the common denominator you see the world is you. Yeah. yeah. And so filter. try and work on your filters. Like when you're, uh, Here's a good example from a guy named Timothy Leary. He was put in jail for reasons that were unjust. He got, went to jail for many, many years for a joint in his ashtray in his car. Uh, he went into the hole. I probably already even told the story. He went into, they put him in solitary confinement, and that usually breaks people in just a few days. He did it for a long time. And when, they, and when a friend of his said, you know, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm having a great time. I'm having a great conversation with the smartest guy I know. And, you know, he's not having a good time because he's used to being a Harvard professor with lots of friends. But he, he changed the way he looked at things and accepted the where he was and had a great time, you know relatively good time but came out not broken came out they wanted to break him and it came out better perhaps for it and i think that can be done by just challenging your filters uh your belief systems your your ideas about the world just messing with them from time to time you know what i mean saying again look at the things you take for granted in life in general uh you know i'm i'm poor it's like well in the united states if you have a job and you make over 30 some odd grand a year up until recently uh you're in the top one percent that's ever existed in the history of the world that might not make you feel good because you can't afford your bills and stuff like that but it does change the perspective a little bit where it's like well you're kind of being a cunt about it. Yeah. It, it it's a good situation that you're in that you're forgetting and you're just looking at the negative part well, but i'm like kind of going kinda, off i feel like we're kind of set up uh 
to fail a little bit in that regard because of how much how much emphasis is put on happiness right you know it's like happiness is not the point like it's it's always been kind of confounding and irritating to me because it's like oh like you know you we all know people and maybe you are one of these people and if you are stop it but (laughs) you know they're just like oh only only good vibes only positive vibes i'm just trying to live my best life i'm just you know only happiness and if you're a downer then you know stay away from me because i don't need that energy in my life it's like okay but you're being ridiculous because if you reframe that with any other emotion which is what happiness is it's an emotional response Uh to stimuli if you reframe that what if i was just like hey only only angry vibes okay Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to live my angriest life if you're not a rage monster stay away from me because i don't have time to calm down right now <laughs> right you know? like it sounds ridiculous because it's emotionally it is. immature it's, yeah. it's just as ridiculous with happiness happiness is an emotional response what people are really driving at when they say that is they want fulfillment and you can you can create fulfillment wherever you are even if mm-hmm. you even if you're digging in the dirt yes you can play you a game can with create yourself. fulfillment yeah. it's just and you know and that's not to say that you have to settle for whatever happens to you and that's just well i guess this is life now but if you Definitely if not. you find yourself in a situation that you don't have an easy quick way out of then create fulfillment where you're at at yeah. any given moment Absolutely. and it doesn't have to make you happy you could be miserable and fulfilled yes at the same time right? yes and even i mean i think that for whatever reason our makeup and it might be just because of our society it is easier said than done to not focus on the negative and focus on the stresses of life i mean currently in my life right now i have some stresses that i i have to wait to deal with but i have to remind myself sometimes that my day-to-day life actually is it, it is awesome i have an awesome life i had to make some changes in my major changes in my life that it, it even though through the transition it, it can affect you negatively it affects other people negatively I've still created a situation where on a day-to-day basis, I have a happy life. I have a fulfilled life. I'm frustrated that I can't get these other things taken care of yet, again, because I'm, I'm impatient and, and I have the resolve for it. And, and but the moment you stop taking for me. granted, the moment you're like, fuck, I have it pretty good. It does change it, your chemicals it, a little bit. And it can happen and immediately. Experiment. You have to actually stop and stop what you're doing mm-hmm. and really think about it. Oh, right. and, and you got to lay it out. Right. You got to lay it out you know sometimes for a couple minutes but in that it can change the whole entire day and maybe you have to do that every day when you wake up which i think that's why they have you know i think meditation is mm-hmm. probably a good thing not that i'm good at meditation at all but i i, I think that's where that, where that goes where that life. takes people mm-hmm. you know understand you know and and again you know only focus on things that you can control and do something about those things. Yeah, and, and you it, can focus on bad things too. It's not. It's not detrimental to focus on bad things. It's, well, it's just taking it, care of the problem, just, right? Yeah, it's it's how you focus on them. You know what I mean? Like if you're focusing on on them from the perspective of look at these things, fuck me. Yeah, an then, excuse to yeah, then that's, crumble that's, or that's no good, and that's going to just tear out. you down. But yeah. if you if you look at the 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 bad things in your life, or the the things that are challenging, or the things that are they may even be beyond your control, but they're plaguing you in some way. Instead of allowing yourself to be a victim to those things, start looking at them as things to learn from. That's what I do. Like, I, I look at any any bad thing that's going on in my life. I try to view it as a teacher, and I'm like, "What is this trying to tell me? Like, what what mm-hmm. what do I need to learn from this? You know?" Because I, and I view that as like the key that fits into that lock to make that thing not as bad as it is. It, that's exactly it. You it's know? not making it go away. It's like it's changing the chemicals enough to where it's like, "Oh, that's better." It's mm-hmm. like when you take Advil, but you've got something that hurts really bad. And it just numbs it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, get in, get in the habit of, of changing your belief systems or challenging your belief systems. And, and you'll get in the habit of like 
protecting yourself from your own emotions a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, it's kind of the stoic way of looking at things, but it's, it's also the Buddhist way of looking at things. Just bring them on your side, you know, rather than something that's exactly. attacking you, bring them in and go, okay, this hurts, but it's hurting me for a reason. Probably yes. oh, I got to figure out what it is. Yes. It, yeah. It's some mental challenges. Some people don't believe that they don't believe in fate. They don't believe in these things, but again, life itself, our existence and our consciousness is the miracle. So sure. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know anybody that's successful and I don't mean financially successful, although this plays a role in a lot of financially successful people, but people that are emotionally successful in life and by and large can get into that good zone of life where they deal with their challenges. I, I don't know anybody that's in that realm that doesn't take every adverse thing that they have, face it, fix what they can, wait for what they can't, get a, get a result and learn well, from you, it though. and move on. Yeah. They can categorize that and move on. I think, and they, and they just refuse to be a victim of their of their circumstances, whether it's, and most of our circumstances are self-created. That's the reality. Yeah. But even the ones that aren't, if you can learn something from it and move on, then you're better for it and mm-hmm. you are actually enriched and fulfilled. And that's literally how I try to live my life. And to the best of my ability, I know that's what you guys try to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being victim, being a victim is a choice. And I've had people argue with me and get really upset when I've said that, but I maintain that being a victim is a choice that you make. And then, and I'm not saying that, you it's know, not about the physical. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Oh, that bad thing happened mental, because you yeah. chose to let it happen, and it's your fault. That's not right. what I'm saying. I'm saying the way that you choose to respond yep. to think to horrible things that happen to you, that that part is completely within your control. So if you if you are existing in that point where you look at something and you go, oh, I didn't deserve for this to happen to me. I didn't earn this. This isn't fair. And I'm just going to cry about it or I'm just going to I'm just going to inflict myself upon other people rather than try to apply myself to the issue and see if I can make it better. That's choosing to be a victim and mm-hmm. that's that's 100% in in your control, it's in my control. And I've been there. I'm not I'm not I'm not coming, all been I'm not coming from a place of I'm perfect. I've never choose to be a victim. It's hard to turn I, those chemicals I've definitely, off. Definitely. Yeah, I've definitely uh, I think we all that, but. I think we all deal with it you know, quite frankly, on, on a daily basis, to some extent, sure. yeah. it's yeah. how you process that. Take your time, and there, there's some days are better than others. I have shitty exactly. days, yeah, I didn't just des- like anybody I else. Didn't, I didn't deserve to get as fat over this winter as I did. So. <laughs> it's a metabolism thing that happens yeah. as we age. <laughs> it's like I didn't eat that many donuts this year. What the fuck? All right, now let's talk about the TSA. The oh, TSA perfect. stories. Uh, we all have an uh, invasive and or ridiculous story with the TSA. Mine is out there as of t- this week on Inside My Mind, so I won't really go over that. Basically, a man stared right into my eyes and did the things that only my girlfriends, my wife, and a doctor have done in my life. And myself. And he said, I love you. He said, I love you. <laughs> and he spit on his hand. No, he, he literally was like, take my belt. He's like, take your belt off. I was like, or undo your belt. And I was like, whoa. I mean, there's a bar over there if you'd like to, you know, we can do this slow. But take and, I mean, now. drink first. Is that what you meant? There's That's exactly what I was thinking. And his hand just went right in, just cupped. And he looked right into my eyes. And it was like a date. It was Did like, he linger? He lingered. He lingered. He lingered for sure. Like, like how many heartbeats are we talking? I, I will say that time kind of slowed down for this moment, <laughs> where it's like you're not my doctor, you're not my wife. This is strange. You're an employee of the government, and uh, yeah, it was weird. So the eye contact is what Yeet. did it, and there yeah. was a snicker in there. He molested you. Yeah, he did. Are you okay? Uh, no. Should the I bring government up the teddy bear so you can yeah. point at it and yeah. show me. The... I, I'll show you exactly where on the <laughs> teddy bear. I just said it's a whole ball and dick area, and there was you know there was a finger that kind of grazed the chode. I think he wasn't even caring about the chode. He just was going for the balls. But it, 
just the eye contact. And then, then for some reason, he's he's like, did he wink? No, there wasn't. Tell a, me you I wink. wish he would have winked. Wink. That would have been better. I was gonna say wonk. This is in front I wish of people too, presumably. Right? Yeah, like Monique the, was there. You had an audience. I w- we weren't even getting on a plane. I was walking my son. This is like his first time on an airplane. We were walking him through the terminal for him to get on the plane. And I'm like, so I get to have a guy fucking put his finger up my ass. It's great. I don't think they do that anymore, do they? they don't I don't let you think do that so. anymore, huh? I don't think yeah. so. I haven't been on. Oh, you mean years. Yeah, like have walk your... people? Pat, like you're right. not allowed going past security unless you have a ticket no. anymore, huh? I, yeah. When you said that, I was thinking they don't allow you to put their hands in your dick, and I was like, I think they do. Yeah, sure. I they think do. they, I they do what they're they talking want. about a finger the TSA are gangsters, dude. They do whatever they want. They do. <laughs> they got no no bones about it. They will touch your cock and look you right in the eyes. I thought you were talking about a finger in the ass. I'm like, what flights have you taken? I did that. Well, that happens if you say bomb, in the, <laughs> well, which leads to your story, I think. Yeah, so speaking of saying bomb. We all know that you're not supposed to do that in the airplane. So this was years ago. I was going to Las Vegas with one of my many ex-wives. And... Uh, <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And I had just had an ankle surgery, so I had this big boot cast, air cast on my Mm -hmm. on my leg, and it was day two of when TSA started to search physically search your person. And I can remember watching the the news the day before, people being just funny about it, going in bikinis, and people were pissed. And I'm like, oh, just my my opinion of it at the time, watching it, I'm like, get the fuck over it, just. Do what Ter- you got to do. Libertarian. Do what you got to do. I know. Bad. <laughs> but I'm like, it really isn't. Because it's part of my job is, right. you know, frisking people, searching people. That's, and I'm like, I do it all you day long. You can empathize with it. You're like, make it easy for them. Just spread your fucking legs. Yeah. just yeah. 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 You know how hard it is to search somebody that <laughs> doesn't want to be searched? It's, it's not fun. You know? And then you touch parts you don't want to touch. So, yeah, I just kind of thought people were being a little hyperbolic about it and being ridiculous. and which I recommend doing uh, if you don't like the laws. Go ahead. Yes. Sorry. Right. And, yeah. And, well, finish my story. So I go through, and I've got this boot cast on, and of course I go through, and then they start they start doing the the search on my body and patting me down and running their hands on me. And this dude is, I realize that they are not fucking trained on how to search people. Right. No rhythm to it. Nobody knows. Everybody's that, but doing people it different that do that for a living. Well. I started counting how many times this dude groped my balls. <laughs> and on time number six, I finally, he was down on his knees, groping my balls and my non-casted leg. And I finally just, it came out. I'm like, if I was going to have a fucking bomb, it would be in the cast. <laughs> oh, oh, he said bomb nice. in the airport. I was, but I was so fucking irritated. So you do know about like, the finger this in the was like a, Yeah, this was like a six, there. seven minute ordeal. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm getting moved into another Six, location. Six, seven minutes of him patting you down? That's yeah. milk. It was, yeah. It, yeah, he was... I, I think I could take care of myself. I think he was yeah. trying <laughs> to figure out how to jerk bed. me off through my clothes, but he just couldn't quite figure out how to do it yet. Anyway, couldn't so we, find it, or what was it? <laughs> he couldn't figure out where it started and where it ended. Where it ended. Oh, Is this nice. a leg? Nice. Yeah. 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 They don't call me tripod for nothing. But <laughs> Nobody calls you that. <laughs> we know. We're your friends, goddammit. Not one of your friends has called you that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so yeah, next nice try. I know I'm getting nickname. moved to another Good location. Try. There's like four or five more security. Then the airport police start showing up. Happens to be a day that at the airport, I don't know any of the police that are there. They're bringing out swabs. They're checking me, checking my cast, checking my hands for, I guess, bomb stuff, gunpowder, yeah, bomb gun residue. Powder. Yeah. It was After that guy touched my dick, he was like, I'm not going to look for bomb stuff. Like 45 yeah. minute dissertation. And I finally wow. like, I was just 
talking about how shitty you are at searching people. <laughs> you literally, you basically molested me. That'll make it me. better. Insult them. That'll get you out of that picture. <laughs> yeah, they love that. Just like you love that when you got insulted. Yeah. Yeah. I pay your salary, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, technically, I do, and you don't have a job, so technically, I, right. I, I work at a discounted salary. rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, I, I so got six, on the plane, and I didn't get arrested. Six bumps to the balls. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and was, and was it, like, jiggly-jiggly, or was... It was groped. It was yeah, grab-on, yeah. really checking up there, you know. Foreplay. Like, he foreplayed your Well, yeah, it was like, how, what the is the crease. diameter of each <laughs> testicle? Yeah, I mean, that's legit. You know, could these actually explode right. or not? Are these exploding? Like, are they cherry bombs principles. or the balls? What are they? Yeah. So It's like he's telling you later. He's like, you should probably go to the doctor get yeah. that checked out. I felt <laughs> a little lumpy. He's doing the little Benoit thing yeah. in his hand. <laughs> It's you like know. the moment he's like, yeah, "Could you turn your head and cough for me?" It's yeah. like, "God he's damn like, it!" This doesn't like, seem like he's like, this I seems do like have, overreach. I do have one turn your head and cough story. We do, yes. And you were talking about being uncomfortable t- touching balls. It was when I got hired for the sheriff's office. I had to go in with my physical once again with one of my other ex-wives. Same ex-wife actually is this one, and we're in the doctor's office, and it is time for them to check for hernia. So the doctor's talking. Wife's standing to my right. He's in front of me. It's kind of dim lit room. He tells me drop my pants. Drop my pants. We're having this conversation. He gets down on his knees, and he, next thing I know, he raw dogs with no gloves. My, my testicles and he's pushing and feeling and kind of spreading them out and feeling up in there. Look, doctor stuff. And, and we're talking. And then all of a sudden, you do the, the thing doctor grab the corners and turn into a parachute. Yeah. Every guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> yeah. trying to shake it out like like you know before you fold <laughs> a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this time where the doctor and I met eyes, and then I look at my wife and she is pissed. At me, like I did something. How dare you look at me? It the was eye the while most. It, but it, the, the, when our, the moment it, that my balls were in his raw hands and we met eyes, that's when time slowed down. I got really hot. The room got really dark, and then there was just these piercing eyes at me from my wife, who wasn't a very nice woman to begin with. Fair. And somehow blaming this on me, like I had done something to it's cause probably, this. You to probably happen. didn't notice this, but your hand had gone behind his head a little bit, and it was Pushed getting ready to pull. And she's like, "No, no." And you're like, this is weird, but your hand was instinctively just yeah. doing what it would normally do. We already looked in the eye. <laughs> had, a, had a full grip of the right, back, his hair was, back neck hair. Yeah. You didn't even insist that he wear protection. It's yeah. so irresponsible. It just, just let raw him, hands. Just let him yeah. raw dog it. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you said that. My doctor <laughs> right, raw dogged raw, my bottom. He raw handed my sack. <laughs> It seems like a thing a doctor might do from time See, to time. Remember when we were talking about emotional maturity? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. You know, it doesn't for go across our, the board. For all of our philosophy yeah. and <laughs> trying to be wise, this is who we really I are. I didn't <laughs> say like, hey, listen to Mr. Emotional Mature Guy. I'm just noticing that maybe some of us are a little too far on so the other side. So how did it end? Did he... Uh... With a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it ended with me sleeping on the fucking couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad, man. Well, all right, Shaden, it's your turn. You're not going to get out of not telling yeah, the well, story. I, don't, I mean, you guys are... <laughs> you said my story has nothing to do with getting molested. Okay, so I well, don't... <laughs> you know, so we got two dick touches and whatever yeah, this so is. So mine was, mine was actually only a couple of months ago, but beginning of this year, I got a really awesome new job that i love where i can work from anywhere i have an internet connection which is sweet but it also requires me to have minimum of two laptops i prefer three but two like it's i have to have multiple computers to do my job right so i was like well i'm settled enough now i i my parents live in oregon 
and I never get to see them for more than like two or three days in a row because I have to do it over a weekend because mm-hmm. of work and shit, you know? So I'm like, I'm going to take my work computers. I'm going to fly down there. I'm going to stay there for like a whole week, like seven to 10 days and just actually spend some time and I'll just work. You know, and my dad works from home too. So like, we'll just work during the day and we'll hang out and it'll be great. So I got it all figured out, got the best price on a ticket I've ever gotten for that trip. And I was like excited and ready to go. So been a Here long time. Here comes the TSA. I don't fly very often, right? You know, right. So I'm like, I don't. I, I kind. I figured I know the rules, but I didn't like skim through the pamphlet, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> right. So I was just like, all right. Well, I know I can take my laptop on as a carry on, plus like my my bag or whatever, and and I've done that before. So I'll just put my other two work laptops in my bag that I'm checking, and we're all good. You're not supposed to do that. But by the way, I don't know if you guys know, but huh. like anything with lithium-ion batteries, you're not supposed to put in the bag that you check. Right? Oh, okay. So I didn't, I didn't know. It was an honest mistake. But I, uh, <laughs> these laptops, the I'm trying not to get into too much detail, but you, you have to understand the context. So the trackpads on them are raised up. It's like a defect of this particular brand of Dell laptop that my company bought for me. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, they, I get up to my gate all the way through security, and they call me over the intercom and they're and it's early in the morning there's not many people there and they call me and they're like hey you need to come back to the ticket counter because there's a problem and i'm like okay so i go back to the ticket never counter, a good feeling and this tsa guy hands me my two laptops just loose you know oh. like my two laptops not my bag, just raw just, here's, here's just raw, raw. <laughs> just my raw <laughs> laptops and he hands them to me and with a straight face he goes um these are about to explode what? And I was like, that's what I said. I was like, I beg your pardon? <laughs> like, <laughs> Here, here's some explosives. Yeah. Here's I'm, your laptops. I made bombs like, out of I them. I hot potato this? Like, no, you <laughs> I don't want a glass. You be glass. <laughs> what in the fuck? I mean, this bob bomb from Mario. Like, I'm like, what do you mean they're about to explode? Like, they were fine this morning. <laughs> They've been fine since the beginning of time. None of them have ever even had that inkling so i'm like i'm like please do elaborate and he says well he opens one up and he goes you see the way that the trackpad is raised up like that i'm like yes and he goes that's because the battery is swelling and it's going to explode so we can't have these on the plane and i was like okay well i think the battery is in the back of it but regardless (laughs) they've been like that since i got them i know you don't have to take my word for it but like they've always been that way i run the piss out of them for work and they're not like it's not going to explode it's just a defect of this computer and he was like well we're not, we we can't have him on the on the plane and and then he walks away and so I'm standing there with my two raw laptops <laughs> and, just and this loose. and this vapid young girl at the ticket counter who's just like what Whoa. do you want me to do and I'm like okay can you please call the lady at the gate where I just was and explain to her the situation see if I can take these as a carry on like I'll just carry them on with my other laptop right I'll carry them like my bad for putting them in the check bag but. So she calls up there, talks to the girl for a few minutes, and then she goes, okay, you're good to go. And I was like, thank heavens. Yeah. So I go back through security. I look like a total weirdo. I bought, like, water bottle in there. I had to throw it away. Right. I, you know, yeah. like, they were like, yo, that's... That liquid that, that liquid you just got out of that vending machine in our building is yeah. probably a bomb-making material. Yep. So had to throw that away. Got all the way back through security. I got up there, and I get to the, I get to the lady at the boarding at my gate and and i go okay which one of you guys do i have to thank for saving my bacon and she goes well 
before we get carried away, like, I didn't understand the whole situation. Like, if they're about to explode, I can't let you take them on the plane. I'm like, they're not about to explode. This is not what the Somebody please do. just be reasonable with me for a second. <laughs> I open them up. I'm like, put your hand on it. Like, it's cold. Like, everything's fine. Like, please. please. Like, <laughs> I need to be on this plane, you know? And she's just like, she's like, well, let me, let me call and I'll talk to the TSA guy real quick. And oh, I'm like, wow. oh, great. So she calls and she's like, Talking to somebody, she gets out the phone. She's like, "Well, the guy that flagged him is gone, but like, if TSA flagged him and says they're about to explode, then I have to take their word for it." So, so I argued with her until I watched my plane fly away. Oh, and I'm like, "Great! Like, you guys screwed me so hard. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now?" And so, it's like the first time anybody's seen a laptop like that, where they're like, "I guess." Yeah. And Dell is getting the phone calls just lately. Oh, I was so mad. Yeah, I was so mad. Listen so, here, put your shit so the TSA doesn't think it's a bomb. You fucking <laughs> what the fuck? So I, <laughs> Everything's a bomb. Computer so, experts. So I got to call my dad, you know, and I'm like, and he's all excited, and I had to break his heart. <laughs> you mm, know, like, Dad, mm-hmm. they won't let me get on the plane because my laptops are bombs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a minor issue with the Bose being considered a bomb uh, on a train. Where oh, they, no, really? Yeah, where they're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "It's a it's an amplifier it's for a bomb. music." They're like, <laughs> "Yeah, exactly." Well, it says Bose, but what they meant to say was bomb. Yeah, it, it's just know. German. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's German for bomb. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have the whole rubber glove thing. You didn't get the rubber glove thing either, although you should have. You know the doctor's office. Yeah, that would have been no at the, at the at the airport with your your situation with the TSA. Did I get fingered? Yeah, no, they but that cost sh- extra. Shove a hand up your yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a fucking goddamn. Okay, so yeah. so here oh, we are. It ended well. It ended well. Okay, I yeah. Went, I went to a different airline, and they were like, "Oh, buy a last minute ticket." Sorry, they treated you like crap, yeah. and I carried them on. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're <laughs> I looked like a psycho all day. Like I had two layovers, and I'm carrying three laptops like in no bag. <laughs> <laughs> then you look like a terrorist. Yeah, like, oh, just, yeah like, just raw, <laughs> just raw, raw laptops. laptops. <laughs> so let's let's figure out: Should the TSA exist? Have they done a good job of doing what they're tasked to do? Uh, if their job is to to really annoy Americans, victory. But I don't think that they've stopped a whole lot of. Well, I don't. Prob- like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know because we don't hear of their wins. I mean, right. you, we hear of all the unreasonable bullshit that they do. Yeah. Like you know, no finger nail clippers and weird shit like oh, that. But they win though. They think no they shampoo. win. Those guys. I guarantee you, those guys were like, we're heroes. We saved some lives today. We're stopping those bomb laptops going on that right. plane. I mean, how right. many bombs have we really heard about getting stopped? Zero. I, I think there was a shoe bomb at one time. Yeah, but that was early from on. The TSA. I, don't, I don't know if that was. But TSA. is it because no, of the know. threat of the TSA? Finding it is that why? Like, yeah. I mean, they've gone this into like, This is all reactionary. I think <laughs> they've the destroyed my luggage. Off. They've stolen shit from me. They, you know, it's just funny. Violated that, my balls. It's just strange know. that that Six we can't. Times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. these are all reasons I got divorced. I mean, because <laughs> of the TSA. Is the TSA? What the TSA did to my balls is what got me in trouble when other people did, but to my balls. All right. Well, I think if you're a TSA uh, employee, we'd like to hear from you, and, and maybe you can tell us some I would of your love perspective. Some inside perspective. Yeah. I want, yeah, I want yeah. some wins. I want some. Mm-hmm. We did our job, and we stopped this from happening. Yeah, and and maybe that. that should be publicized more. Yeah, I mean, to justify got, like, maybe I've there seen, aren't any. Like, I've seen like printouts at the TSA, like the security checkpoints of like X-ray pictures of like guns and knives and shit that they have found. But I'm like, 
is that like what is was that just like an accident you mm-hmm. know like how like and it's hard to say but like i i i had like a big fixed blade knife in the bottom of my bag when i tried to get on a plane one time and i didn't know it was in there because the same bag i take camping right and it like fall in between the liner in the very bottom and the guy's like you can't take this on the plane i'm like i completely agree i didn't know it was in there like <laughs> but i will tell you my intent was not to take over the airplane yeah, with it exactly. i don't know i mean you gotta just trust me but i wasn't gonna actually my point plane. my point is how do I know they didn't print out that picture of my wicked looking hunting knife and go see we saved we saved people today and like, right. I wasn't going to stab anybody I didn't right. even know it was in there <laughs> although now that I know it's in there I could probably take this yeah, fucking it cockpit does seem, fuck that pilot it does seem that most of their employees are really just retired postal service workers right they, they're kind of angry it, it does, does seem like that, that it and seems DM, like they come DMV out of a workers? farm yeah. like it's there's a few places where I swear they just there's a farm where they breed these people and it's like hey do you have any empathy nope okay TSA get in there you border can, guards are I'm the kidding, same TSA way guys. too I feel the same way like they, they we all come talk from about the same that. factory it's this yeah <laughs> we, you and I both traveled to Canada many times yeah and I've not I've, I think I've had one time going through where there wasn't some pain in my ass situation that <laughs> on the flip side I'm sure they they hate travelers too oh yeah we're, we're a bunch of princesses oh for sure yeah. but i, I figured You're this not out me. i'm the best of us when i was <laughs> <laughs> when uh in bc and uh, all of canada i think it's 19 to drink uh 21 in washington state so it's we 19 in bc 18 in alberta oh nice even yeah, better so we used to go over to alberta fuck yeah <laughs> well and when i was 19 as soon as we hit 19 we would go up to canada and we'd go to nelson bc and yeah, drink yeah my spot Shit, yeah it's i love home. nelson it's so great laugh uh taffy jacks if it still exists is where i go hang <laughs> I out hope it does fuck yeah. yeah uh but we'd go up there and we'd have fun and all that shit but after a few times, I, I noticed that getting back into the United States was a pain in the ass. Well, because they were on to you at that point. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, screw these We're kids. all kind of <laughs> just hung over like crazy. They're like, yeah. you guys, every weekend. I would have messed with you, too, to be fair. Well, here's the thing. So I got messed with a couple times, and I was like, okay, so this is going to happen each time. I, I guess I kind of just a dirty teenager. Like, my car looked like still. I lived in it. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I still am kind of that way. My car's a little nicer now. I, I have a newer car, so I try and keep it nice. But uh, and I have a wife that's like not about dirty shit. Mm-hmm. But I had the the guy actually said something, and I, I felt like I'm saying the story like I did it on purpose, but it was half on purpose and half I'm just a slob. But he opened up my trunk, and it looked like a person was living in there at the time. But I had like underwear open and shit, and we had stuff. We were bringing back like weed and shit that we whatever. <laughs> And so he was a criminal. I was a criminal, yeah, but he was going it. through there and he was pulling out my underwear and he's like, fuck this. And he said, fuck this. And, and it was kind of like shaming me and shit. But every, all my friends and stuff afterwards are like, thank God you're a, you're a, a fucking slob. Yeah. But I imagine in my job. Yeah. There were cars that were so gross that like, I'm nope. like, I don't care what yeah. they, they yeah. Have I will, I will let crime exist I, rather I than care. go through yeah. this myself. It's like I have a box on it that says bath salts for kids. And you're like, fuck it. Give them to the kids. I ain't touching this shit underneath on top of the box for the the drugs for the kids is uh, nasty. I, I Why was is this pair of boxers yeah. crunchy. It's starched. <laughs> I my was hands always... are raw. I'm not gonna fucking go in there. <laughs> I was always hands. the guy willing to search the vibrator, though. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Which very commonly are, little... were used to transport drugs. Sure. I don't know so much anymore now that they they are all oh, that's smart. They, they run yeah. on USB cords and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no battery uh, holes. Yeah, no battery holes anymore. Uh, but it was. Yeah, it was. That I was a, Duracell's pissed about that. I never thought about that. Yeah, that was a big place to, uh, to hide drugs as well, as well as you know the the prison person. 
Yeah. Yeah, in your butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a butt. That's a butt thing. So we didn't we didn't <laughs> solve the problem. I think TSA is going to exist for a long time because we're uh, uh, emotionally immature as people in general. I think uh, our airports should just have their own security. Yes, treat it. They're businesses. Just the government doesn't have to be universal there. training. Might be good, you know, if they don't have that. Yeah, there's a TSA academy, academy standardized practices, but yeah, they should. Who, have there might problem. be. We might not know. Uh, yeah, we I might don't be know. In, in the dark on that. Yeah. So be. again, if you're a TSA employee or no one, and you have some stories and you want to set us straight, please do. Uh, for now, info at skycast.com. And we've got a couple more things to talk about. We're gonna since TSA is kind of a customer service thing, but it's the government, so they really don't give a fuck if you've had a satisfying experience. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about. I wanted to talk about. My empathy for the retail workers of today. Oh, yeah. And, and through... Poor souls. Yeah. During the pandemic, I worked for Dan uh, at Time Suck, and we had that conversation so many times because we were the office that would go out to eat all the time, and then that got shut down, and you know we had so many listeners that were telling us all the different complaints, so it was really interesting to hear. But uh, I have a taco by my, ho- by my house, and it was my place that was my experiment. I watched just normal folk... Over like a four dollar. Were their experiment too? I, yeah, exactly. No <laughs> shit. Uh, I thought that tasted funny, but um, no. I watched people get so pissed off. I mean, I actually I shared this on Skycast at one point where I, I, I had an actual blast. no ice <laughs> throwing the the non the throwing the ice at them. But I, I had an actual Karen experience where the lady was a Karen, looked like a Karen, and was named Karen in the Taco Bell. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Ever, I'll tell this story here, no. then, real quick. Uh, so She was named Karen, actually? Dude, that was the punchline of the... It was wow. the, the whole The whole restaurant <laughs> laughed, so too, and she didn't know really what... You know, I think she, she probably got it, but... So, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're, the the drive throughs full. I'm like, fuck it. It's during the pandemic. Uh, they just opened up the stores again to where you could go in there. Everybody's masked up and whatever, but so you just took your ace bandage and did yeah, like three yeah. wraps around your face. Exactly, my motorcycle guy, scary <laughs> mask, and went in there. But I went in there, and this lady just acted like a Karen. She was saying things like, "I can't believe this line. And can't they move this along?" And I'm watching as two or three kids are working the whole restaurant. It's All, fast food. Taco Bell's like pretty quick. They are really quick, <laughs> like, but down. it wasn't this time. I mean, it was wrapped around. It was again like just after things had gone kind of haywire in the yeah. in the world. And but we were just a, a allowed to go back in, and and I was right behind her, and she kept looking at me when she'd say those the dumb Karen things, waiting for some but for me to verify, some like to vindicate from you. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. There's they seem pretty busy to me. And I'm just like, no, I fucking have empathy for them. They are yeah. hustling. That guy's got sweat on his face. He's 17. He shouldn't be sweating at all. <laughs> and and there he is. But eventually, at the end, she'd done a bunch of things, and I. And I I put it in, in Scatcast, so the story's there. But basically, at the end of it, we're all just like, this lady's a bitch. And then they're calling out names on bags, and they're like, Karen. Ah. And she's like, mm. And then she says something Karen-like and runs out the wow. store, and it was just like, fuck. So, but the, the moral of the story. Like, I would have been like, did she do that on purpose? Like, right. That- <laughs> it's like, I'm a Karen. I'm a, my life's already ruined. I got the haircut. Let's right. fucking do Love it. character. <laughs> Let's roll in there. <laughs> but uh, no, so, but the whole point of it is that I'm looking at the kid behind the counter who's definitely in high school uh, or just got out of high school and he is probably being trained that day or something and I, I'm watching the manager being like it's okay don't da, 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 and it's all right this line normally won't be this long and all this stuff and she's just like this is the worst experience I'm gonna yelp review what's your name I'm gonna go to your house and that kind of shit then every time I go to Taco Bell I've, it seems like I see in the drive-thru something like that like I've actually seen somebody yell at the person in the in the window from their car where it's like 
there's tacos involved here. This is a $5 transaction. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, why would this ex- escalate to this? And so I guess I want to know, during the 2020 stuff, A, I mean, what's your empathy level of these of the poor workers? But did you see anything weird like that? And Jeff, as a police officer, I know you saw like a billion things from the other perspective. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll let Jaden go first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thankfully i did my time working in retail jobs i worked at call centers a couple of times and i worked at best buy so yeah i both worked at best buy peddling computers <laughs> did you ever do best day. buy jacks Shaden and i have yep but um i have i have nothing but the utmost patience respect and empathy for people that have to work in retail yeah. in normal circumstances right let alone the way that things have been the last couple of years um I thankfully, by the time things went really sideways, I was very not, I didn't have to deal with the general public too much for my job. Right. Like the couple times I did, it was weird. Uh, like I, I had to do roadside assistance calls with, I worked for a rental car company and I would have to occasionally go and like rescue somebody from the side of the road. And I've, I, usually people were like, hey, thanks for coming and, you know, getting me back on the road. But right. once the pandemic was around, it was like, stay the fuck away from my car. And I'm like, well, I have to come over there to fix it. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> you called me. You're here out here with my jack and my battery pack and this everything. Is all I can do to help you. <laughs> you want to walk away from your car over there for a minute or something? Like... <laughs> I'll wear gloves. What do you want? <laughs> I won't raw dog it, I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to raw hand your vehicle, sir. <laughs> but it is pretty amazing, though. Like, it doesn't matter. I, I, I feel that psychologically, and maybe this is just, you know, a byproduct of the way that certain societies have been um, for the last couple hundred years, but... I feel like once somebody pays any amount of money, it doesn't matter how much. It could be $4 for a taco. Right, it could right, be $200 right. for, you know, a, whatever costs $200. Nothing anymore. Gas. So, <laughs> yeah. so a half a tank. As soon as they have, as soon as there's a transaction in place, they're like, they they feel that they are entitled to the world at that point. A, a lot of people do. Not everybody. Right. I, I try not to be that way, but I did my time in retail. I was on the other side of the right. fence. You know, so I think that makes that. a big difference. But, <laughs> But the, it seems that that's, that's the key factor where it's like, oh, but I gave you money. It doesn't matter how much money it was. I gave you, I gave you money. So there, therefore, you have to treat me. You have to We have me. a deal. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just like you, now, now you're less than human to me because yes. you're working for me now. I'm your boss now. Oh, real you know? quick before we get. Which is trash, by the way. Don't yes. be that person. Like, I've always had a problem with this. You know, people that don't know, I mean, I'm, a, I guess, a capitalist, but I'm a free market person. Uh, there are values to jobs. Like just looking at it from an account of accountant perspective, the value of your job is something to a good business. Like they know how much productivity you create and all that stuff. But I don't like the way that people are looking at society now because society in the United States is a service. We have a service economy. We used to have a manufacturing economy. The things that happened in the past where we have these attitudes uh, where a good job is this and you know it's like service economy is what we've become because we're so wealthy uh, we've exported all of our manufacturing jobs most of them and we still produce yeah. a lot of shit but a lot of the jobs are out there a lot of normal folk the jobs they would have had in manufacturing are now these jobs that that aren't as as demanding maybe mentally and physically like a, a retail job although they can be very demanding super demanding emotionally and that's, exactly and that's my point where it's like 
you know, I listen to people say, well, I had a job when I was when I was 16, I was flipping burgers and it's fucking no big deal. It's just the first rung on the goddamn economic ladder and shit. And I want to be like, well, stop. It's a miserable job for anybody that's doing it. It is not an easy job, mm -hmm. especially if you have any of the many personality traits that make it so you don't like dealing with customers who are angry. You don't like fucking being around food. You don't like, you know, yeah. there's a million reasons for why. When all those personality traits have been exacerbated by the, the state of things the yes. last couple of years too. So it's like, it's arguably harder than it's ever been. It, it feels like we set this generation up of young people and really everybody that works in fast food, but we set them up for just the worst possible time like 2020 it all came to, to head where it's like this is a fucking shitty job businesses won't won't be able to stay in business like none of the businesses in, in the world will be able to stay in business if they don't continually do you know $15 an hour is the most they can pay for a person because your productivity throughout that yeah, they have will to cut have into the margin well the profit margin even even the overhead you know like just That's to keep I mean, the lights yeah, yeah exactly uh, and so maybe we can rethink that I guess but it is weird because I'm on both sides. I understand the value of a, of a position, but it seems like we've thrown the empathy out for the person where it's like, it doesn't matter if you're 17 and, and, or if you're 45, it, it sucks if you don't want to be there. It's not a great job. Uh, it's warm and the, the people kind of suck and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I just saw a lot of lack of empathy where they're like, you just fucking, the customer's always right. And it's like, no. No, the customer's no longer always right. The customer needs to fucking have their own ethics when yeah, they come in. Sometimes the customer's just a cunt. Yes, the customer yeah. is a cunt now, it seems. Mm -hmm. But I, I would be tough. My mom ran a business where the customer was always right. When they, no matter what they did to my mom, she was bending. I never saw her fucking break. She always bended like a reed to what the customers wanted. And yeah, I don't think that that's even a good thing now. But yeah. I, uh, I see that changing, and I guess that's where I'm going with this I'm trying to force a thing into this conversation that I'm not getting so I'm gonna abandon it real quick let me go <laughs> I think everybody I should. like people in retail and I want to stick up for them virtue I, I get it though I feel the same way like I I think everybody should have to spend like let's say six months working in retail at some point in there like in, in maybe it's not like retail, forced but military like some, service but forced some retail forward service facing, like you have to deal <laughs> yeah. forced to work for jc pennies for six months you know i like don't I, think it would be it would be a super good education for it people would. Well, i mean just to, just so you can understand like you it, that's that's where i got my empathy for people that work in those positions Same. you know like the, so it's like just just be be kind. I mean, empathy across the board is kind of like you don't want to like some people aren't deserving of your empathy for sure. But until they've proven that they aren't, maybe just err on the side of empathy anyway. Especially yeah. if they're wearing a uniform, working somewhere that seems minimum wage. Just be be kind to them for yeah. fuck's sake. You know? Seriously, like it's it's not an easy thing, man. Like this, it's the it's the emotional drain on you. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you have to deal with people who are. I'm looking. I'm, I'm saying this, and I'm like looking at Jeff. And I'm just like, when you have to deal with people that are almost never happy to see you, <laughs> and, and they always have an opinion on how you're doing your job. <laughs> well, I want to hear. I want to hear about that. Uh, the thing about it is, is that it is an education. When no matter what, when you're dealing with customers that, and and like you said, with any kind of money involved, yeah. like a ten dollars CD. I worked at Barnes and Noble in the CD music department. I worked in the whole area, but. Uh, they would be pissed about the CD. They're like, I want my money back now. And it's like, I get it. $10, that's a couple hot dogs or something, whatever. But <laughs> I didn't do this to you. Like, I'm just some random person. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd, 
I felt like it was an education, just like, maybe not in the same as policing, but I grew up in a retail industry. I was an eight-year-old doing retail, basically. My parents put me to work at eight, and so I was dealing with Eat customers at like 10. Yeah, I was, I, I graduated Tell them from, it tastes good. I was graduating from They're lying about your head tasty, <laughs> tasty dog biscuits to actually telling customers about the dog biscuits and not eating them at like 10 or something. And I really do feel like it, it helped the way, the kind of personality that I am, it was an education in human action like I learned how to handle a bunch of different kinds of people in situations where they weren't necessarily happy uh, with your situation it would be even more interesting but like like Shaden said it does feel like if you didn't go through the retail world or fast food or whatever you did miss out on like this interesting education where you can see people when you're dealing with their food or their money they can kind of freak out a little bit and kind of shows you who they are but it's just perspective man it's like traveling you know like yeah. it gives you valuable perspective you won't have any other way right <clears throat> absolutely so well i mean as so, a, how was your customer service my, <laughs> well a couple things on this <clears throat> first off when it came to we we're really talking about pandemic times uh, i avoided all stores because i was one that didn't wear a mask and if I go into a store and they ask me to put a mask on, I'd say no and I'd leave. I was going to yep. be respectful to them. One of the, it's so I didn't really stick around to see people lose their shit necessarily, but I would get called to it. Right. And and so here it is, a civil situation. And usually what I had to go deal with was always over masks, mm-hmm. um, which having the retail business enforce that's government n- yeah, mandates that's is so never, bad. Uh, fun situation no. to walk into. No doubt. First off, Especially in a controversial one. First off, from a personal standpoint, not agreeing that masks were the right answer. Right. You have but then deep. I have to take my own personal perspective out of this. Yeah. And I go there and generally what it was was employee, you're going to put on a goddamn mask if you're going to be in my store and employee say fuck you, it's my freedom, I get to do what I want. Right. So then I got to come in and go, "Okay, look, to the customer who thinks they're right and they should be able to do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. And the employee going, well, they need the hell out of my store. So here I have to explain. I'm like, look, I understand that you don't agree with this mandate. You know, my opinion on this does not matter whatsoever. But I'm going to tell you that they aren't enforcing a mask mandate where you're going to be arrested for not wearing a mask because that's what they thought I was going to arrest them for not wearing a mask. I'm like, right. that, that's a mandate. We don't, that's not an enforceable thing as far as law goes. But if the business has adopted that within their policy and they are just enforcing their policy of their store and they want you to wear a mask or leave, you have two options. The, Put on the, the fucking mask or, or leave. leave and go to another store that, that doesn't care. Um, and I would further explain, I'm like, look, if you came to my house and my rule was you don't get to wear shoes in right, my house take your fucking shoes off. and you decided to wear boots in my house, I have two options. I have a few options. I cannot say anything and let you wear the boots, but it's my goddamn house, my rules. I don't want you to wear them. So then you have an option. You can take off your fucking boots. And if you don't, I can physically remove you myself or call the government to come in and handle it, which is never a good idea to get the government involved anyway. But mm-hmm. that's what people, you know, and then that's kind of where I started developing just just these ridiculous and and it would be within hotels you know i would sometimes the customer was right pissed off at the hotel clerk sometimes the hotel clerk uh was right pissed off at the customer but 
nobody wants to back down. They want to have this conflict. It's not going to get resolved. So what's the best thing to do? Well, let's call the government. That's kind of where I came up with my phrase. I'd show up to calls and just say, how can the government help you solve your problems today? Which, how I never got in trouble for that, I don't know. But it was just a common thread out of my home. And that was even going into houses. These couples would argue. And it was generally the person that, by the end of it, when I heard both sides of the story of the argument, they wanted to win this argument yes. so bad. And use the government to do it. That they called uh, a faction of the government to yeah. come to their house to tell their spouse how wrong their spouse is and how right they are. Imagine that in the medieval times. <laughs> you have to call the king's men. Call the king's men. To have yeah. they come there with their chain mail and shit. <laughs> okay, what are we going to do? Well, we're having a fight. And, you know, I think the spaghetti was done wrong. Yeah. It's like, you, you, you called the king's men. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why the king's men? Why'd you bring the gendarme? And, then, and still, you, <laughs> you never get... In, in fact, I can remember in, a, in a, one of the major stores that was open, uh, it got to the point where they're like, hey, they need to leave or we want them arrested for trespassing. I had to arrest this old couple who was standing their ground. I'm like, this, please don't die on this hill. Don't, don't put me in this position. This was this whole setup thing is really what they did. It was this older couple. There were people, I, I saw all the people filming with, with cameras that were all associated with them. It was a setup deal to try to get money from the, from, Co well, it was Costco. And, oh, wow. And from the government. Wow. And uh, ultimately forced me into a situation where they wouldn't leave, so I arrested them for trespassing. And it sucked. I, it was so terrible. It was like so pointless. It was yeah. like, you're dying on this hill for a reason, and you're using me as a pawn, and I don't fucking like it. Right. But you, you're forcing an issue that I, this company doesn't want you here. They have the right to ask you to leave. Mm -hmm. It's a private business. You're not going to. So now I have to get involved. Right. So that's the kind of bullshit that I dealt with yeah. all the time. But there was a clear answer to it. I mean, if the business does what the business does, right. it's right. up to them. So it, that conflict happened all the time but really that conflict happens within everybody's home and then you know then they call the government well come fix their you know hear our argument and who won well you guys are both idiots and what i suggest you do is leave each other alone why doesn't one of you leave well i'm not gonna leave well i'm not gonna leave well then i can't do shit for you right you but if you hit each other this. someone's gonna go to the people's zoo that's just what's gonna happen then you have to leave it's kind of the next step and then i'm gonna i'm gonna make somebody leave yeah it's gonna because be then I have a right, but other than this, there's no. I'm gonna give you some happening. jewelry, but I want to pack, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have a nice little vacation yeah, in the well, people's zoo. The king's men would have taken their goat. That's right. Uh, now, now <laughs> today they just shoot the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me spot remover for nothing. <laughs> wow. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think hard that's, left turn. <laughs> that's enough on the cu customer service. Uh, you have quite the different uh, look at customer service as a police officer. Well, than, I mean, as customer service, I mean, I had to sell i mean basically my job was customer service as well right yeah i is. mean and i had to basically and every customer's lying to you from yeah, the beginning right right and then i had to sell well here's your you know 1300 dollars infraction and your two criminal citations which you need to go to court for i'm gonna or you today but i'm taking your car and they're like thank you so much i know because it could have like, been worse really and, and, and that didn't happen for everybody but i was you, know. you were good at customer I, service. I was very good at customer yeah. service, yes. Yeah. So you got, if they had Yelp reviews for you, yeah. you would have had pretty high. You know what it's like to actually arrest people for felonies, take them to jail, and then when you get out, all of a sudden you got like a friend request. Right, and they're thanking them, you. And they want to be your buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it, which was really kind of cool. Very very few people have your kind of, uh, you know, demeanor anyway, so that's, that's probably part of that naturally. All right, we've got one thing left to talk about, and this is uh, Shaden's deal. So it's it, oh, it's time. I like it. Things I learned this week. Things I learned this week. <laughs> this I is don't a fun even one. Understand this one. The, oh, you'll get it. 
Yes, you do. Yeah, it's real simple. <laughs> but we, we haven't done any nerd things, so we had to nerd out a little bit on something. This is what happens when uh, apparently all the space junk that comes back to Earth, that we bring from space back to Earth, so like the, the space station and mm-hmm. whatever Apollo missions and shit I mean, like not that. Not the space station yet, but not satellites yet. and stuff. But I, I jumped the fucking... Okay. <laughs> apparently they find the spot in the ocean that is the furthest possible away from any other land sources. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you tell the story. Yeah. But basically it's a dump. I it's didn't called, know about this dump. It's called Point Nemo. Point Nemo. Yeah, they call it Point Nemo. It's even got a nerdy name. It is the, well, it's a fish. It's the furthest. <laughs> yeah. I love that you went Nemo the fish first. <laughs> like, not Captain Nemo. No, I like Captain not, Nemo. That's what the, the nerds went Captain Nemo for sure. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know it's that League is. of Extraordinary Gentlemen have that in there, but it's even further than that. Yeah. Uh, Captain 10, Nemo. You don't know who Captain Nemo. Not a fucking clue. No, that's not even a nerdy thing. That's like that's a classic. That's a classical <laughs> literature thing. How yeah. dare you? That's but a, it is sci-fi classical book. literature. It is sci-fi. Though. I have an eighth grade. To be fair. To be fair. So Point Nemo is in the Pacific Ocean. It's like over 2,600 kilometers away from any land anywhere in any direction. Shit. Like they have to go that far to hit land anywhere. It's also not much sea life there either because of the Because currents. of the garbage. <laughs> well, now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's why they picked it, I guess, because of the, the that's way what that they the currents say. are there. That's what yeah. they say. After yeah. they killed they all did the it. whales. It's their fault. Yeah, it's their probably. fault. You're right. You're probably right. Conspiracy. What, yeah. Put your tinfoil hats on, ladies and gentlemen. NASA fucks up a lot. I'm just... Yeah. But so because of that, they, they when they decommission our spacecrafts, you know, satellites and whatever, mm-hmm. That's they just dump them right into Point Nemo because <laughs> it's the safest place to crash something that, and they can't land them because we're at, you know, we're still getting to the point where we can shoot shit up into space and bring it back and land it. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> you know, goodness. like it took us, it took us this long. Thanks, Tesla or, you know, yeah. SpaceX. I, mean. I wonder how much, I wonder how much garbage is there. Like, yeah, and, I wonder how that many, too. Is it like space shuttles and shit or do they just retire? And the other thing is, is like, we don't know what we know about space. We don't know if there's like some little bacterium. We don't that, know what we know about the ocean either. Right? <laughs> no shit. So let's take the thing we don't know shit about, mix it with the other thing we don't know shit about, scram it together in the middle of the ocean, and that's how you get fucking Godzilla monsters. Right. So speaking of that, funny enough, and I'm sure this isn't entirely a coincidence, he probably just, you know, the author probably just looked and was like, that's the furthest from anywhere. But so yeah. in H.P. Lovecraft, he gave like coordinates for like where the sunken city of Roulet is. And for those of you who don't know, H.P. Lovecraft, this is, this is like Call of Cthulhu stuff. It was mm-hmm. a uh, stories that were written in like 1920s. Yeah. This guy, and he was basically... Very eccentric the whole, writer. The whole premise is that it's these, these, these old eldritch creatures that are essentially gods compared to, you know, any other living thing that we know and they're interdimensional. But they come from this sunken city of Roulet, however you say it. Mm. It's got apostrophes and shit. It does have a bunch of them. But so Cthulhu isn't even right. Yeah, sounds yeah. like you almost threw up. I did actually. <laughs> I threw up a little bit. Cthulhu's name Cthulhu is Cthulhu coming to kill us all when we throw the space station into his face. That's the whole point I'm leading up to is that the coordinates that he gave in his book in the 1920s are very very close to Point Nemo. That's so cool. So that's where Cthulhu lives. And we're just throwing our trash, our space trash, into his backyard. What will it be that that wakes up Cthulhu and ends the world for us? Yeah, it might be the space station. The International Space Station, when we can't keep it up there anymore, we just throw it in there, and he's going to be like, "Enough is enough." But I want to know. Okay, so so we've got this thing there. I mean, that sounds valuable. It sounds like somebody, if they wanted to get a boat, they could just go on a journey and drag up. I mean, you know, there's gold involved in all this technology and Colton and all this shit uh, that's valuable on the market. 
platinum, all these things that go into I, I guess technology. So, but like how many boats can civilians get that can go that far? You know, know, like that's, that's two thousand six hundred. Our ancestors fucking put laundry up on a stick and they fucking <laughs> went around the world, bro. We can do that shit for gold. Fuck yeah, that's for why gold, they put laundry on there. All right, next week we're going. Right, I've got the- <laughs> I've got a whole campaign to seek the ice walls. I think we're gonna seek fucking Nemo <laughs> before go. we Point get to the Nemo, ice walls. Baby. Point Nemo first. That's, so go, that's going in the show now. It's interesting, too, though, because they call it... I learned something else from this. that They call it a, uh, a pole of inaccessibility, right? Which is what every pole that you've ever heard referred to, North Pole, North South Pole, pole yeah. those are actually poles of inaccessibility. Okay. So they're the furthest pole from... They're the furthest point from something. Like, they're the hardest point to get through... To get to, rather based off of something right well, it's because there's a big stick coming through the yeah. planet and on both sides it and it spins on, on yeah, yeah you're right it's okay. like a top it's dreidel also the hollow part is there yeah that's where the, the entrance to the, the hollow earth people came from right in the hollow part of the yeah. planet yeah. jeff's like god so. damn dude <laughs> this is a level of nerd i don't even fucking but no i thought that was super interesting because there's like there's the these poles of inaccessibility and this is one of them yeah but it doesn't have stick the, this is this is the ocean pole of inaccessibility yeah, those are there's also a pointy things on a globe there, right, right exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what we're talking. Right. That fuck yeah. So, uh, challenge accepted. Let's seek yeah. the ice walls okay. and Point Nemo. All right, time to go to Point Nemo. That's what's happening. Okay. All right, so that's what we have for you guys. Uh, as of uh, the, I have a quick update. I didn't piss the bed this week since last we talked to you. So that's congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Fred Flintstone wasn't there telling me I should, and that was good. So. I've enjoyed this. This has been a lot of fun. Info at scatcast.com. Let us know if you enjoyed it, if there's some corrections that need to be made. Uh, I mean, fuck, we talked about 10 different things here today. Emotional maturity, uh, the TSA. Please let us know if you work for the TSA. I want to know what lies, some interesting lies that your parents told you that you believed for a really long time. Yeah, you have to make up for... Outside of Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Yeah, Yeah, we all had that. You got to make up for my lack of my, 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 the responsible parent in my life that I couldn't entertain anything. I'm sorry. Ridiculous. (laughs) And also if you have customer service stories, we'll take those. So that's a lot of call to action. If you're in the TSA, tell us about it. If you have a customer service story during the pandemic, we'd love to hear about that. If your parents lied to you about something and you figured it out way, way too long in life, let us know about that. If you think Zach should pee the bed. I will. Soon, <laughs> hit our Patreon. Actually, we'll have a Patreon soon. But uh, oh, you can hit the Scatcast one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Just a Ride podcast, and uh, I think we'll we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present or something. Yeah. Bye. It's just a ride. Whoa, it's just a ride. Bing bong. <laughs> yeah.